What's going on, everyone? Alex here with another Knicks episode. And what did we just see this week? Are the New York Knicks on a six-game winning streak? The New York Knicks are on a six-game winning streak. If you're sitting right now, please stand up and give a round of applause. <laughs> please, for the for your New York Knickerbockers, give a round of applause for Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, New Orleans Noel, Reggie Bullock. Yes, Alfred Payton, you got to give up, get up and give him a round of applause too. Derek Rose. Manuel Quickly, Alec Burks, Taj Gibson, Obi Toppin, Kevin Knox, Frank Nolakina, Theo Pinson, the most Jared Harper, team. and we got to give a special shout out to Iggy Brasdakis, even though he's not part of the team anymore. And no, no, uh, Norval Pell, Pell, sorry, the, yeah. get confused with that name. Sorry, it's still trying to stick to my head. He's just so brand new. <laughs> but guys, give these guys a round of applause. They've been doing a lot of work to go on a six game winning streak when we, we, no, we have one of the top toughest schedules for the second half. These guys have just put on a six-game winning streak. We are six in the Eastern Conference right now. They are doing work, absolute work, to make sure that they get into the playoffs, led by a great coaching staff, led by Tom Thibodeau with Kenny Payne, Johnny Bryan on the bench. We had Mike Woodson. He's going to get his flowers, too, because he did help do did work as well. And the front office, Leon Rose, Worldwide West, Scott Perry, these guys putting it together and giving us a product that is succeeding. Give your New York Knicks – a round of applause. And if you're not doing it right now, shame on you because they're giving us something to root for in this city. All right. They're doing a great, and I mean a great job right now because no one saw this coming. They're over 30 wins right now. They got 31 wins today. Six game winning streak, six in the Eastern conference. Who saw this coming? Don't tell me you did. Vegas had 22 and a half. No one saw this coming. I thought it'd be 24 wins. I think John said 24 wins or 26. Most people don't even expect over 30 wins, but we got over 30 wins. So be happy with them. And because of that, we're going to go in. We're going to talk about the past week that we just saw. We're going to talk about the upcoming slate for the New York Knicks. We're going to talk about the Zion Williamson love that he has for New York, man. And we're going to talk about our rookies, too. Talk about Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin, how we feel about their development. And we're going to talk about playoffs, man, because playoffs are real. This team's doing it. This team is absolutely doing it. And we're going to be in the playoffs, whether it's the play-in at, at minimum. But right now, there are six. Outside, out, outside of the plan. And I have confidence they can do it. I have confidence that they could be in that top six. So we're going to get into all that today. And then, John, what do we got for et cetera? For et cetera today, we got MVP talks. We got who we think is going to win the MVP, who we think is going to be in the conversation for MVP. We go through all that with our boy Chip. And then we also talk about the TNT slate as usual, man. As usual, because even though the Knicks are what, are what they are, we still got to watch other teams, man. We still, we still got to watch them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> it used absolutely. to be the other way around. It used to be the other way around, Alex. But now, now, now it, it's, yeah, we have time. We have time for the other squads. Yeah, we got time to watch. We got time to watch. <laughs> now they can give us our respect and watch our games, damn it. Exactly. All right, Ricey, let's get into this. <laughs> What's good, everyone? Alex Jeteris here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me, as always, my buddy, my co-host, my pal, the man with the plan, the guy who lost his voice at MSG, the dude who's literally, literally the happiest man on this planet right now. There's probably no one happier right now than John Malika. John, what's literally, going on, bro? Literally, right now, I am on a, I'm on a high. I am, 
The Knicks are playing meaningful games, matinees, prime time in April, and we're winning with defense? Things are happening, man. Things are happening in the garden. Things are happening on the street outside the garden. I'm, I'm, I'm living the dream right now, and I kind of just don't want it to end, Alex. So I, I, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm already nervous because I just don't want the high to end. You know what I mean? I'm worried about the come down here. You're looking for, you're trying to capture that, uh, magic dragon, huh? Just, uh, circling around. Dude, with I'm, that, dude, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm on cloud <laughs> nine right now, man. The Knicks, I mean, before this, before this podcast started, we're talking about playoff matchups, Alex, playoffs. Playoffs? <laughs> I'm hyped. I am hyped. And we have two great guests that I mentioned at the top of the key that we have with us today. The guys from across the bridge. Well, Queens go through the Lincoln Tunnel. Both of them are separated, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Guys from Hoops Head Anonymous Podcast, Hoops Heads Like Us, we got Jeffrey Campbell and Chip Murphy. Jeff, Chip, how are you guys doing today? Doing great, man. Very, very pumped to uh, to talk Knicks tonight. I think we're all on that high. Uh, whatever whatever John is on, it must be some good stuff. I think we're all sharing it right now. Absolutely. <laughs> very excited. Six in a row, man. The Bronx. As long as we don't talk about the Bronx. Exactly. No Yankees talk. I think we could spare everyone Yankees talk tonight. (laughs) Uh, We're all Yankees fan, but we're, I don't know. It's it's not even worth to talk about. Yeah. (laughs) John and I were discussing, oh, you know, we're all Yankees fans earlier, earlier this week. Like, oh, yeah, we'll talk about them. Mm -hmm. No. Far, far away from that topic. Somehow the New York Yankees have uh, swapped positions with the New York Knickerbockers, and I'm here for it. To some extent, I'd like to see the Yankees do good, too. I just want every team in New York to do well. Uh, Jeff, I know you're a Giants fan. The rest of us are Jets fans. So we got the draft coming up later. This is, no, ne- is, ne- is it next week? Is it next week? Next week. I forget the day, but Daniel Jones was at the game today, I think. Yeah, he was Let's say, DJ. DJ representing the Giants. Yeah, Strahan, too. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. I would say some Jets fans, but uh, there's been so much turnover. God knows if Chris Herndon shows up, uh, he's gone too. So uh, <laughs> that's a story for another day. But, fellas, let's talk about this past week. Let's just get right into it because guess what? Six-game winning streak, as Jeff pointed out. I don't know. The last time the Knicks have won this much is since when we had Mel on the team from 2012-2013 season where they were making the playoffs. This is insane. Incredible basketball that we're watching right now, especially on the defensive end. What do we, we, we start off with the Grizzlies, Pelicans. I know we took, we took out the Pelicans twice, took out the Mavs, took out the Lakers. Guys, I, I'm between myself. I don't even know what the hell's going on. We're playing great basketball. What have we seen from this past week? Defense, I could just say has been the, the ethos of this team from the entire season, but it's really taken a, a step up, especially with Nerlens Noel and Taj Gibson playing center. They're really, especially Nerlens Noel. Noel has been sunning the crap out of everybody, man. Anyone who tries to meet him at the rim, it's just not happening. So with, since we got our guests here, I'm going to start off with you, Jeff. Is it defense you're seeing? What else are you seeing? Dude, let's hear what you got to say. We're, we're relentless. Like I, I love the spirit of this team is insane man like I just kept watching the game and here's the thing I and and you know people hearing this might be like ah dude like come on I was content if we lost that game I was like you know what we just played the Pelicans you know we just beat them on their court um you know no Burks where we won five in a row we're playing with house money I was content if we lost that but they don't give up they never give up and Nerland's Noel 
is he's kind of like he's an embodiment of what this team is right now. Like it's crazy too because Brandon Ingram, first off, Brandon Ingram to get that block on Ingram, what we're seeing with his blocks is it's his timing. It's not like yes, Nerlens Noel has hops. And yes, he can jump with probably a, a lot of the guys in the league. But if you look at him, he's taking off after the guy is is already in the air. So he's meeting the dude when they're coming down and he's just timing it perfectly. My only fear is that he's going to get his hand freaking wrapped up in the net and and suffer some type of insane injury. But this team, man, I'm, they're just like they they tire the shit out of you. And they, they make you do shit you don't want to do. And yeah, honestly, man, like I could go on forever about them. They're so much fun to watch. And it's, it's teams like this where like, I don't give a shit if we, if we don't have a top five player on the roster or two or three. Like I, every time it's must see TV every time they're playing. Yeah, I agree 100%. It is must see TV. And, Noel, especially these past two day, two games, Finney Smith, Brandon Ingram, they've been sunned. They are now under the care of Nerlens Noel. Noel has somehow have to pay child support for these two guys and give them a spanking because they guess what? They've been out of hand. Yeah, Brandon Ingram, who won most improved, he's been suspect this entire season. I don't know why he's taken the decline. And then you have Finney Smith, who thinks he's, I don't know what the hell he thought he was going to do, but... Not 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 on Neuro's Noel, my guy. Not on Neuro's Noel. Chip, what 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 are you feeling? What are you feeling? John's ready to go. I know he's 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 cocking the gun, ready to talk. No, I, go I, give it to I, Chip. I was just gonna say. I was gonna say the Pelicans like they look tough out there. Like yo, like uh, I don't know what's going on in that front office. That, that they look like the old Knicks, man. They, they like the, everyone hates the coach. Everyone hates each other. They're playing ISO ball. But that that that's my take on the Pelicans. I, I was watching them. I was just going to say a similar thing to what you just said, John. The Pelicans with Zion kind of reminded me of the mellow Knicks, where it was just mm. Zion was mellow, and it was just, okay, Zion takes the ball. Everybody just watch mellow. Yeah, and Ingram would take it every once in a while, but there was no cohesion or chemistry there, and it just looked like a disaster waiting to happen. And there was, like, at the end of the at the end of the fourth quarter, Stan Van Gundy drew up a play for Eric Bledsoe instead of Ingram. Like, what the hell was that? <laughs> It was so weird. Why? Yeah. I mean, he's been terrible all year. I know he got hot at the start of the second half or whatever it was, but it was so weird. But as far as the Knicks from today, it's got to, and even this past week, Julius Randle's been amazing. Yeah. He Mm -hmm. had another 30 and 10 game today and he started out brutal and then scored 16 in the second quarter and all with, or almost all those points with Zion on him. And I think two straight ISOs on the baseline. I remember that with Zion right in his face. And Zion actually, he doesn't play good defense most of the time. But on those possessions, he actually played pretty good defense. And Julius just bullied him around. And he did that a lot. Like, you don't notice how strong Julius Randle is until he just backs down Zion Williamson. And you're like, wow. Yeah, like, he's strong. He's quick. He can pass. And... Look, I, I didn't watch the game on ESPN. I know I watched it on MSG. I know people were complaining that every, that ESPN was talking about how great Zion was and they weren't giving enough props to Randall. I'm sure that's what was happening. Look, but as far as I'm concerned, both guys had a great game and it was fun as hell to watch those guys go back and forth at each other. That was one of the f- most fun games of the year. And look, I, Julius Randall, 
he's the he's the story of the week, story of the season, obviously. But this week he was amazing. He had the forty point game too. I mean, just watching him, it's been unbelievable. Absolutely, it's like watching two titans go back at it. Oh, what yeah. are you muscling each other down? Mm-hmm. And hey, I think people underestimate how strong Julius Randle is, especially because he's much leaner this year. But he can bully people, and that's the one thing, and that's why he's better than that that bum down in uh, Dallas, right? He can actually oh work God. in the post, actually do something instead of just standing around just getting bullied by. I, I'm not even gonna say it because RJ is also a strong kid. RJ could just go on, go out there and just take anyone on too in the post, which is phenomenal. But Julius Randle, Zion, it was a matchup to be seen today, as you pointed out, Chip. Really good matchup. I enjoyed it too. And Zion, he did have some good possessions. I know which ones you're talking about, especially when it came, it was just like a little underneath uh, the foul line. That one, I just remember Randall just giving him a little bit of the shoulder, like just throwing his body into him, creating that little bit of separation, and then doing the fade, his patent fadeaway jumper, which he has gotten down packed this season. I love it. I love everything about it. Love everything I'm seeing. And now John, the guy who was actually in the building today, watched the New York Knickerbockers live. His voice is a little shaky. Because he was just screaming at everybody. He was probably yelling as loud as Tibbs, calling out the screens, calling out the picks. I actually was. So, so, so <laughs> sad. But, yeah, I actually was. Yo, first of all, Tibbs, I love Tibbs, man. Watching him on the sideline, he's literally doing everything that I am. When we, when we were trying to review that, uh, like the two, the, the one play when it was out, we couldn't review it uh, off, the, off the foot. When you call that off the knee, that wasn't off the leg. And we're all, I'm screaming, review it, review it, even though you can't. And then Tibbs is like, review it. And the ref's like, dude, you can't. <laughs> like, I love him. Like, oh, man. It made my heart warm. Tibbs is amazing. And I, I still can't, you know, we're on the brink of playoffs. And it's funny that, and I, I hadn't, when it came down to the coaching hires between Kenny Atkinson and Tom Thibodeau, the people were like, Tom Thibodeau, people were like, Kenny Atkinson, okay, it is. But then you had those Kenny Atkinson stands like, Tibbs is going to ruin everything. And so far, it's comical to see that nothing's really ruined. We're getting great games. Sure, maybe you want more of the young guys, but there's a, there's a way to develop young guys. You don't need to throw them out there for 30 minutes like we saw the Lakers did with Brandon Ingram or Julius Randle or Lonzo Ball or D'Angelo Russell and Jordan Clarkson. You, there's ways that go about into development, and each person – takes it differently, right? So it's nice to see that we have a coach that's organized. We, even though it ended with D. Rose today, Reggie Bullock, Julius Randle, and I don't want to get into like how RJ fouled out today because that was some just – Oh, my God. The rest that were was not especially bad today. Egregious. <laughs> egregious. How about the one where he's shooting the three at the end of the third quarter and it's like not even foul? I'm just like, that's not a foul. This is not a foul. I know. It was tough. I'm, I'm glad that it looked like that on TV too. Well, the the, the – like somebody explained to me what was going on on the television on both broadcasts during the Frank review with the three pointer. Like, like he didn't touch him. Like, what were the what was possibly going on in the commentary? Because I know I was just like, I felt like I was in uh, like a different world, like Twilight Zone, watching that. I'm like, how? And they reviewed it, and he was he said it stands. And was that the one where he was super dramatic about with the ref? When the ref like paused before telling us like it was a movie. Like, what was going on there? Um, I don't. I mean. Listen, Frank is, uh, Frank's been getting a lot of interesting TV time. Like he's become the subject of a lot of memes, uh, based on his facial. Yeah. He was about as, I don't want to say, I, I wouldn't call it emotional, but like, um, just outwardly showing just puzzlement, bewilderness, 
uh, as you could be. He didn't touch him. I would too. Yeah. He literally did, he did not touch the man. You know what I'm yeah. trying to say? They called they the foul. Like, the, I would yeah. do that too. They showed the replay, and I think Clyde said, like, oh, it looks like you didn't touch him. Yeah, I think Clyde even said that. Right. Yeah, Doris Burke on, on the other side. Uh, on the other side, she was like, it looks like he barely grazed the elbow. Yeah. Like, you look at it, and it's like his hand, like, maybe, but, like, the imaging is, like, so close that you can't even tell. But that's a, that was just – I was That one bothered me. That one that bothered was just, me a lot. Frank has been getting these interesting calls too. I don't like, I guess they're trying to stop his uh, aggressiveness on defense because that's his calling card. But I thought it was a pretty clean, like pretty clean defense on him. And I think we're seeing Frank more animated than usual. I think that's what you're trying to go for, Jeff. Yeah. He's he's really more showing all uh, everything, whatever he's doing, whether it's (laughs) that finishing that dunk layup, whatever it was the first time. And now it's just like, oh, wow. There. There's actually emotion in this kid. He's just not, uh, he's not so stoic anymore, right. which is nice to see. Um, it's so crazy, Chip, that you're talking about Randall and, and, and his game today. I can't, like, I kept looking up at, at, you know, at the scoreboard to like check how many points he had. It didn't feel like he had 30 plus at all during the game. I don't know if it was the free throws. I don't know if it was because there were gritty points, but you said it was, you said it was maybe the best game of the, of the Knicks year. I think it was the best Randall game of the year because it, he wasn't ISOed really. He just scored when he needed to and just played passive when he needed to. And I can't believe the stat line showed like it did. Yeah. It's because he struggled at points too. He was taking some bad shots at points too because he was, you know, it was clearly like Alex, like you said, it was a showdown with him and Zion. And I think both guys were turning into ISO guys. And that's what the, the thing was. The, uh, both those guys, Zion and Randall, had to work hard for every single point, but Randall's just in better shape and is a better defender. And I think he was much more equipped to be playing well in the overtime. And that's why the Knicks were able to run things through Randall. And if you notice, like Zion kind of disappeared in OT, man. He didn't really do much for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Randall's been training for the past nine months to get in shape for this. He, he wants this. You see it every single game. He wants it every single game, which I love about Randall. It's so, it's so crazy how a 180 the fan base has gone on Randall. And now literally like we couldn't, we were asking for this man gone. I, I thought this man should have been traded for Buddy Hill at the beginning of the season. I'm like, yo, give me Buddy Hill. Buddy let's, Hill. Let's just, wow. I was like, yo, if that's what it's going to take to like get some shooters around for like top end to get open and to get RJ going. Whatever it may be, this is before the start of the season. But now I'm like, yo, we cannot trade this guy. Please extend this guy. Shooters for Toppin to get open. That sounds so <laughs> wild now. <laughs> I know, right? To think about it, it's so crazy. It's like, yeah, Toppin's our future. Everyone's like, I, I was on that high too. It's like, well, this is the power forward of the future. Offensive, ga- offensive game is NBA ready. And then next thing you know, Julius Randle is like, hold on, Chief. Hold on. <laughs> I'm still around. I'm still Dude, around. Obi, Obi's always Obi's always out of position, man. He's always out of position on 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 all the plays. I like him. He's nice. He's great. I think he's going to develop into a great player. But the the truth of the matter is, when we're watching him, because we Nerlens Noel had a scare. I, I, I check Alex's group text. I almost had I almost had a breakdown when when Noel hurt his wrist. I was like, oh, it's all over, you know, and Obi had to play some minutes, and he's just out of position on both sides of the ball, man. Yeah, there and there's no and like when he makes mistakes like that, there's already no place for him to go in the rotation in a Tibbs rotation when he's competing with 
Taj Gibson and Nerlens Noel. He's never going to bust minutes over those guys. And now, I mean, when he's, like you said, he's making mistakes. He's out of position. I, I don't see any place where he's getting minutes at all this year. And next year, I mean, God, I don't even want to look forward to next year for him. Cause I, I feel bad for the guy at this point, honestly. Cause it's, it's like he thought he was coming into a spot probably where he was going to play right away. And now it's, it's just sucks to watch. It's like, cause we, you kind of see like maybe even a, a Kevin Knox situation developing with him and where he's not going to be playing. And, uh, yeah, it just, there's not really a spot and there's no, he's probably a guy who needs to be making mistakes right now. And the Knicks aren't a team where they can afford to have a guy out there making mistakes because they're trying to win and get playoff position. So they can't, they can't have him out there. Yeah, that's for sure. And let's talk about Obi Toppin with our, our resident Obi Toppin uh, <laughs> draft man, Jeffrey Campbell. Uh, talking point that has been brought up throughout some of the season, I know it can't happen now, was to put Obi in the G League. Um, do you think he should have gone to the G League? Let's, let's go on this conversation for a little bit. Do you think he should have gone to the G League? Do you think he should have just gotten minutes there? What do you, th- what do you think about Obi Toppin? Because you were the highest on him when we did our draft pod. And even just throughout this whole extended nine months of whatever, when the draft came out of like normal sorts, June, July is was it's usually July, right? That the draft is in. And then you have it in September, October. And I don't know what that was. That was the entire process. Jeff was always on this train. That's all I'm getting to. Was, Jeff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I definitely think he should have been in the G league. Um, I think like the biggest thing with Obi and like everyone sees it on the court, like he just doesn't, he doesn't look comfortable. Um, he's had a couple of good games here and there and you can tell like he's picking up on things, but, um, like we, Chip was doing a uh, Nick state of mind and, and, um, you know, Chris Percy Einan was on there as well. And like, I, he, he even said he was like, you know, listen, I, I still believe in Obi. You know, everyone likes him. He's clearly a hard worker. Um, but if you even think about him getting better, uh, his future on this team is still like very much in question because Julius Randle's clearly going to get extended, or at least I, I think he will. And that just makes things a lot harder for Obi to carve out, um, a role on this team. And, you know, so it's, it's like, you know, you know, do you want him to just get better and then trade him before you have to make a decision on his second contract or whatever it is. But at some point it just looks like whatever his, as of right now, right? Like his best shot as a, as a uh, asset for the Knicks is to increase his trade value to maybe be used in some type of trade to get us a, either a big name player or whatever it is. I still really like Obi Toppin. Um, I do think he will be good. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's, I definitely would have had him in the G league just for confidence sake, right? Like he needed to be getting 30 minutes a night and, you know, yamming it on people and, and figuring out how to play in space um, figure out what he wants to do with his handle, putting up shots on a regular basis, you know, driving kicks, you know, from a point guard, whatever it is, because, and, and 
Well, if he went to the G League, hopefully uh, he would have been used more as a role man in the pick and roll, which is probably what he's most comfortable with, right? And because he hasn't done that this entire year pretty much. Like he's had some roles here and there, but Tibbs has him out on the perimeter, um, has him kind of running along the baseline, you know, maybe crashing for offensive boards, whatever. Um, so it's been a really rough year for him. Like I still believe in him, but there's no question about it. Like as high as I was on him, this first year has definitely given me pause about what is he going to be like in two to three years and, and what's really going to be like his future on the team. Absolutely. John, John, what are your thoughts about that? I think that's a great point. I think they're both right on the money, man, because as Chip said, Kevin Knox was sitting there and Mello was in front of him. And then we have the man here who especially compared Randall to Mello and got tossed all through the, you know, the media. Everyone, <laughs> everyone went off on him, but he's, you know, he's right. Yeah. Newsflash. I was fucking right. Yeah, the man was right. <laughs> I, I, I tell him all the time. Honestly, I've been talking for like a couple of weeks. I'm like, yo, Randall kind of looking like Mello. Anyway, Obi is sitting there behind Randall and yeah, we, we brought in Knox because, like, we thought Mello, you know, we needed another wing and Mello wasn't going to cut it. And that's kind of what we did with Obi. We're like, okay, we don't really know how this is going to work out. Let's bring in Obi. Guess what? It worked out. And now Obi's sitting there, like you said, Jeff, where is he going to get 30 minutes? Like, where? And the confidence is never going to build up. Is he going to be like Frank even? Like, that? that's even scarier. Like, you know, the 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 the, 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 the Jeff kind of avenue is frank and chip kind of went kevin knox both of those scare the hell out of me alex like you know what i mean like i, I don't want any of that no i hear you it's it's i don't think i think Toppin. he's not a project i don't think he's a project in the sense where he needs to develop game i think he just needs time on the court to actually get his game going and to see how he needs to adjust to the nba level I don't think it's anything like frank who frank you legit have to say hey we're not playing a european style you are very young, like very young. And not only are we taking Frank out of a country, out of his home, out, out of France, and then bring him to a new country, to a new state, and he's got to get adjusted that way. We're in an NBA style, pro style offense, which is point guard is legit attack, not this passive pass first player. They actually have to attack the paint, create shots for everybody else and get everyone else open and have this quick style of play. And that's not really Frank. Frank is more of a wing and he has to adapt to be a wing and just be a three and D player because that's what he can do. That's, and that's really what it was with Frank. It's like really trying to figure out like, Hey kid, like you're not really a point guard. We're going to try out the point guard, but I think you're more suited for a wing. Obi, I just really think he needs more minutes, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's going to get any on the New York Knicks. I, if you're asking me, I think he might get traded this off season uh, to figure out some sort of package. I think if the, if the Knicks are going to package players and picks, to move up in the draft or try to get somebody, I think Obi Toppin's part of that package. I just don't, I don't know where that package is going. I don't know who who we're trading with, but I think he's part of that package. And as much as I would love to see, it's a great story too because I love this. The kids from New York, from Brooklyn, played at Ossining, so you got the right. Westchester vibe. So for Jeff and I, it's like hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it's it's he came from Dayton. He's been on this rise. He's 22 years old. You feel like okay, this kid's going to show it, be the hometown hero, and he's not getting that chance. It's not. It's, it's not going to happen unless Randall just plummets next season. I don't see that happening either. So, 
maybe they take the chance to say, hey, we're going to try to develop, maybe cut Randall's minutes old back and try to get OB 15 minutes, but I don't see that happen. That's the only other alternative. John Shagan has bro, said Randall so. can't even take a water break, bro. Randall can't even take a water break. Yeah, I mean, the, well, real quick, the, last the same thing. Cut Randall's out. minutes, yeah. Right. The last thing I just want to throw out on top real quick, this is obviously, this is not like a new thought or anything like that, but I do remember like even uh, Chip and I, we talked to the assistant coach from Dayton, Ricardo Greer. Like the one thing that has to be talked about a little bit with Toppin, even though he is older, right, you know, and, and that factors into his ceiling and what you think about him. Like the dude had a really late growth spurt. Like they said when he stepped onto Dayton, he was like 6'4". You know what I mean? And so like he he even though he's older, he's still getting used to playing with his body, with his size. And I do think that I, – I do feel like there's still – I mean, obviously, there's a level yet to come. There has to be because he's playing like trash right now. But I, I, I do think that there's, there's reason to still believe that he has some upside there. Um, it's just that, that, you know, you can't focus on Toppin because you almost have to change the way you're playing right now offensively. And no one is going to argue for doing that for the sake of Obi Toppin because he's not, he's not playing well. Um, so I think ultimately like that really is why like his, his days here on the team are numbered. Yeah, I agree. And I, I'm going to throw this out to you guys. I want to hear your thoughts about this because this was a thought for me. When we saw preseason before Randall really got on the scene, we saw Obi do some stuff against the Pistons a little bit against the Cavs, and we saw the whole youth movement with him, Knox, quickly, uh, RJ, the whole nine yards. Do you think the fact that Toppin got injured at the beginning this season and then quickly came on the scene, that it changed the focus of how the second unit was going to play, saying, hey, let's get quickly as much touches as possible because we need more shooters and he's doing a really good job, instead of Obi Toppin and saying, hey, we can't have both of our offenses running through the paint because we need some sort of three point shooting. Do you think that, do you think that may have been something thrown out there? Anyone can just jump in. Want to hear your guys thoughts and opinions. I think the injury definitely hurt his shot to earn a rotation spot in the beginning of the year for sure. Yeah. I mean, or at all. I mean, and then signing Taj Gibson kind of sealed his fate for certain. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was already kind of shaky to get a run there. And then, when they brought in Taj, that was kind of the kiss of death. But he, no, I think the injury really stunned him because he already didn't have training camp and Tibbs already didn't really know what to make of him, I'm sure. So he could have used as much time as possible. I think the injury was definitely a, a killer there. But I think if he looked anywhere up to par, he would get more minutes than he does. But you also need to look at, Emmanuel quickly has had some really good uh, spouts of play and he's, what did he get? Like, f- did he even get 15 minutes today? I, I don't know. He, uh, he still struggles to find minutes too. He got so, 22 minutes today. Uh, oh, did he? he hit the rookie? He got I didn't know he got 22. Today. I thought he got like 15. Well, no, I mean, I shouldn't complain about quickly's minutes. Quickly plays fine. He, he, he's been fine. Let me ask you though, Chip, did he, has he hit the, has he hit the rookie wall? Because, like maybe 25 games ago, we needed IQ in the fourth quarter to hit three threes in order for us to even look like like we're going to be in the game. And right now, it's like if he hits two or three threes in the game, 
were almost just like taking that free money and, you know, running to the bank. Yeah, I think he was struggling for a, for a while, but I think he had a, a good game a couple games ago and then he, he burst through it. But I, I think he'll be fine. I, I'm not worried about quickly at all. He just seems like such a tough kid and he's, I'm not, look, shooters shoot. I know it's the, it's the oldest adage in the book and he's a fucking shooter. So I'm not worried about him at all in terms of his shooting and, that's what we need him for the most, just pulling up. And he's got no conscience. He's not scared of any shot. And a guy like that, I, I'm not worried about him. I'm way more worried about Obi Toppin than I am about Quickly. And I, no, I, I think Quickly will be fine. I think the only thing about Quickly is you need to, and this is up to Tibbs, I guess, and Leon, they need to figure out, I guess, in the offseason, what they actually want him to be. If they want him to be like the starting point guard or if they want him to be a, a scorer off the bench. So that's the, the next step for him yeah, to see what their plan is with him. But I'm not worried about him this year, like struggling with his shot. I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think he's a shooter. I think Jeff, he is. You trust, Jeff, you trust IQ in the playoffs right now? Yeah, I, I trust. I mean, like, yeah, I, I, John, to go to your, um, beginning point, like, I do think he's hit a little bit of a wall. Um, but it's, it's also going to be tough for him because we have seen a decrease in his minutes, right? Like, a, a, at least a little bit. So I think it's going to be tough for him to, like, a hundred percent play through it. But I do trust him. And, and it's kind of what Chip said. Like, I, he is tough, man. Like, he's a tough kid. And I just feel like, that's again going back to like what we were talking about in the beginning. Like the spirit of this team and the mindset of this team is something that is shared by all the players, old and young. Like we have tough minded people on this team. And I do feel like IQ has the type of makeup that is like, okay, I went over five. Like I'm taking the sixth shot. Like that's how I get out of it. I keep shooting. So I think that, um, in a, in a tough situation, like I definitely trust him. And I just, the other reason I trust him is because right now our best player, Julius Randle, playmakes. And he playmakes with the intent of, you know, whether it's passing guys open, hitting the open man, he trusts the, his teammates, right? So everybody else, like, and again, I'm, I'm not going to go through this whole crazy mellow thing. Like, I fucking love mellow. Like, he's literally one of my favorite basketball players of all time. But I watched a lot of Carmelo Anthony drive into crowded lanes and just literally blinders on open dudes. And, and, and here's the thing. There were teams where he had to do that because he's the best player playing on a, a, a shitty team. But guess who internalizes that feeling? Oh, shit, he doesn't trust me because I can't make the shot. The dude in the corner, right? So now that fucks with him. But Julius Randle doesn't do that. So Julius Randle, he's going to give IQ and, and so that's why I'm, I'm trying to make this point in a roundabout way to say, yeah, I trust IQ because Julius trusts IQ and the whole team kind of trusts each other. So I, I think whatever wall he's hit, like Tibbs is going to have these guys ready come playoff time and they're just going to be, they're going to be fucking salivating to get out there. So I'm, I'm, I'm totally ready for it. 
No, those, those are good points, Jeff, especially like even if you just played pickup ball and you never play with that one dude who's a ball hog who doesn't yes. pass the ball whatsoever or even on a league team. And the time that you do get the one ball for the one of the three shots you play in the 40 minutes of the game, you're like, I got to make this count. And then you put so much pressure on yourself and basketball. I don't think what people understand is that, yes, you can have all the technique in the world, but your confidence has to be that you're going to think you're going to knock that thing down. So I, I agree with that point 100%. And I think for, for IQ, and I love how John just hijacked my Obi question just to get in some questions about IQ. But I think for <laughs> I, IQ, I, 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 I just, he, he, went, he went from Obi to IQ, man. We're just talking about the rookies. We're talking about the rookie wall, how IQ, you know, took Obi's stuff. I'm just, I'm just saying, man, as hyped as I am about the Knicks and the six game winning streak, we're not being negative. Nancy's here. We're, we're just excited and, and we're, we're here to, hey, winning teams talk about their flaws and we have to figure out the playoffs and Obi's not going to get minutes in the playoffs. IQ is. You yeah, know? he's going to get minutes in the playoffs and that's because he's like, as, as Jeff and Chip said, he's got, he's a tough kid. Like, look, he went one for five today, but he had a plus 24 because his defense was pretty good today. He got four rebounds, got you three assists, and went five for six at the free throw line, hitting down some clutch free throws. The kid's tough. He's mentally there to play this game and to play at such a high level. He, I don't think – honestly, he has that same face as uh, as RJ when RJ's not hitting his shots. It's just stone-cold killer. Doesn't matter to me. I'm going to come back out and try to get it as much as possible. The difference is that IQ has a limited game, and he's a rookie. There's only two things that really work for him, which is his floater and his three-point shot doesn't have a mid-range. He doesn't have anything creative off the dribble yet where, you know, a, a dribble uh, like a step back into a mid-range jumper or just a spin move to get you into the lane and be somewhat crafty and finish with either hand. He doesn't have that. And he doesn't he can't he doesn't finish with a layup that often either. It's usually a floater or a bank like a runner. So, he has more to work on his game and so when people see it's like the Jeremy Lin effect. Once you know what the weakness is, you're going to try to expose that weakness. And so I think that's what IQ's experience, and that's why it's kind of we kind of see this rookie wall. But let's move on into the topic that we should really get into because John touched on it. Playoffs, man. We got playoffs. We got playoffs coming up. The Knicks are going to make the playoffs. Even if it's a freaking play-in, we're, we're making the playoffs. But let's, let's, let's screw the play-in right now because as we speak, we're 31-27. In the Eastern Conference – we are six in the Eastern Conference, right? Six in the Eastern Conference. We're right behind Boston. We're a game, we're a half a game behind Boston, half a game behind the Atlanta Hawks, four behind the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm sorry. Whoa, read that wrong. We're, we're five games behind the Milwaukee Bucks. Sorry. Um, do you guys think we can get up to the four? Let's start there. Do you think, do you think we can end in the top four of the Eastern Conference? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? I mean, we would have to. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I'm assuming you have the standings right in front. So we would have to overtake one of uh, Boston or Atlanta, right? Or yes. And Miami is they're right behind us, or also in front of us. They're right behind us. I. I mean, I don't think our chances are great. Um, but the funny thing is this, right? Like, you can't bet against this team because I listen, man. I'm not going to lie. When I started to see that we had 22 games left and uh, all of them with the exception of like the fucking Houston Rockets uh, were against really good teams that are in playoff contention. 
I was starting to just be okay with the fact that, listen, we're not going to do that well towards the end of the season, but, you know, let's make sure that we end the season on a high note and, and go into whatever postseason situation, whether it's playoff game or whatever, you know, playing well. But this team has won six in a row. So I, I just don't feel like you can count them out. Would I, if I had to bet, if I had to put money on it, would I say that they're going to make uh, the fourth seed? No. But I just I, – I, I think there's a possibility. Um, I just um, – like what we have – we have Charlotte on Tuesday and then Atlanta Wednesday. So those are back-to-backs. If, you know, I, I think they'll be split. I do think we'll win one of those games. I don't think we'll win both. Uh, it'll probably be a W for the Charlotte game and it'll probably be an L, um, for the Atlanta game. But I don't know, man. I, I, you know, I would say if I had to, you know, I'll put maybe more of like a specific percentage on it. I would say 70% no, we're not going to make the, the four seed, 30% possibility of yes. Okay. Okay. Chip, what do you got? Yeah, I think that's a good one. I think. The, uh, I'm just looking at ESPN 538 right now and they have us finishing at 37 and 35 with a 75% chance of making the playoffs. And I think 37 wins is actually kind of low because they have the Celtics finishing 41 and 31 and the Hawks finishing 40 and 32. And obviously that's based on like the Celtics, I guess, just won their sixth game in a row. And I know they're playing really well. And obviously the Hawks are playing insane. And I know the Celtics are the Celtics, but I'm just not buying that. And the Hawks, I don't know if that's legit either. As much as I did like the Hawks in the offseason and what they did, I, I, there's so many question marks about what they're doing and that entire roster. There's so many question marks. Clint Capella has been amazing, but there's a lot of question marks about that team. And I think they absolutely can get a top four seed. I'm not worried about the two teams I just mentioned, the Celtics and the Hawks. Obviously the big three are set in stone. The team that I would be worried about taking that four spot from them is the Miami Heat. That's the team that you would need to worry about. Uh, I think they're coming and they obviously want a top four spot. They want home court. Yeah. So I think that's the team they need to be competing with. And God, I, you know, I'd say, you know what? I give them better odds. I'd say 50 50 though. I mean, it's not like the Heat have looked great either, but you know, coming down the stretch, I don't know what the Heat's strength of schedule is off the top of my head, obviously. So. I, I'm sure they play an easier one than the Knicks. I know the Knicks have a tough one, but I don't know. We'll see. I think they have just as good a shot as anybody to get a top four. Okay. John. And with the betting man himself. <laughs> oh, speaking of, you want to hear a bet off the top of my head? They, they threw that out there. I think the Heat are like plus 2,500 to win the championship. That feels like a good bet to me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, I am... I was screaming fourth seed literally from the garden to my car today, okay? So I really <laughs> want the fourth seed. But when I, I'm calm and I actually sit down and I think about it, fourth seed is really not that important because you're going to play the fifth seed. You know what I mean? It, it, it's really whatever. Yes, I understand that that seventh game, if it gets there, is going to be huge. 
But if we're the fourth or the fifth, it's really not that serious at the end of the day. But we have to be one of those because if we're six, seven, eight, and we have to play in the first round, net 76ers or Bucks, that's an issue for me. So I'm okay with the Knicks not getting the fourth seed. But again, they can't drop. And you want to talk about strength of schedule, Chip? The Hawks, which I agree with you. We had the question marks at the beginning of the year. They have come together. And in my opinion, they're kind of... I didn't see today's game, obviously. But they've been putting away the question marks in my head. Playing defense. Yeah. Trey Young is getting it together. Bogdan could hit shots now. I don't know what was going on in the beginning of the year. He was pissed off. But look at their schedule. They have... They have the Magic, but then they have the Knicks, which is going to be a huge game. That's a big one, yeah. Then they have the Heat, Bucks, Pistons. Okay, they got a breather. And then they have the 76ers twice in a row. Then they got maybe a breather, Bulls, Blazers, Suns. Like, they have, they have, they have a hard schedule. And if you look at the Knicks schedule, too, we got the Celtics at the end. And that's going to be scary. We have Milwaukee at the end. That's going to be scary. We have the Spurs at the end. They're going to be looking for a spot. So as as, as I know you want me to give you a number, like where do you think they're going to end? Honestly, I, I think Chip's on the money with the Heat being four because I think they're going to start being unstoppable. If we could land at five and have the Hawks go to six, and then we're going to play Miami in the first round, that scares the hell out of me, man. So I don't know. I, I think if we settle into the fifth and let Miami and the Hawks battle out to see who's going to be fourth, that, that would be fine with me. Okay. Hey, uh, really quick, I just wanted to jump in. I think our season is going to be decided. I was just looking at the schedule now. In May, we have a five-game set where we play, or I guess six if you want to include the Grizzlies. We play the Grizzlies. The West Coast. Yeah, man. Nuggets, Suns, Clippers, Lakers, Spurs. Dude, whatever is going to happen with our season, it's going to be decided there. So <laughs> I almost want – can we get Randall some some uh, a cup of water on the bench before then? Like that's gotta be that's gotta be a priority right now for us, man. Because that's good. That's gonna be a brutal, brutal stretch. Tibbs giving Randall a cup of water is a pipe dream. <laughs> that ain't happening. Not on this team. We don't have the horses to give a lot of guys a break. Um, but that West Coast trip is uh, is daunting just to even look at. And John, I just want to clarify. Because you said Spurs, Boston. I think you meant Charlotte. The last, the uh, other third game. Were you afraid of Charlotte? No, because we're no. Yeah, I, I know that Charlotte's there, but I'm just saying games uh, down the stretch that are going to be difficult. Uh, we have we have this we have the Spurs at home, and I know the Spurs are going to be fighting for a spot. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just going to be we're going to be we're basically going to be in playoff games before the playoffs. Is 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 the, is the point I'm trying to get? Is like I think the Charlotte might be okay. Like who you know it might be a kind of okay game, but. I'm scared. Of, I'm really scared of that Spurs game for some reason. That's just a type of game that we're going to get creamed by, you know, Popovich when he needs a win. I don't know. When I was just looking at the schedule, that game scared me for some reason. And then the Eastern Conference games at the end, I feel like are going to mean so much because they we're will. losing a couple of games before. You know what I mean? They will mean a lot because the, we're talking we're talking about the Hornets and Boston who are most likely going to be in that playoff contention minimum for these teams a playing game. So there is a lot on the line with, with those last couple of games, which should be very interesting, but this is the good thing about the plan, right? This is, it reminds me of that situation where we had the nuggets and the Timberwolves who had to play that last game of the season to determine who would make that last spot. 
pretty was it the Timberwolves that won that last game? I can't remember who won that last one. Was I think the Timberwolves? the Timberwolves got the eight, right? Wasn't that the year Tibbs made the playoffs? Yes, with Jimmy yeah. Butler. That's what mm-hmm. it was. Yep. 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 That's what that's what it was. So that's 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 a good thing about it. So we'll have a chance. Everyone will have a chance. So it'll be very interesting down the down these last this last stretch of games, really. It's we're almost done with the season. I feel like the season moved by really quick. It's it's insane to even think about. But I agree. I, I agree with you guys. I think I got 40. I'll probably go 40% that we make the four seed and then 60 that we're probably somewhere hovering on the other side, whether it's probably around the six, maybe seven. I hope, hopefully we're not in the seven oh, doing the plan, but Alex, oh. I know, but seven would be disappointing, dude. I know seven would be I, disappointing. But it's realistic because of how the schedule, the Western Conference schedule. We have to get some games between now and then. Like if we're win, if we beat Charlotte and Atlanta and Toronto again before we have to end Chicago in this mix with Houston, those are these are one, two, three, four, five games that I'd say are very winnable, very winnable. The remainder where we have to play the Suns twice, Memphis, who you know they got that game. Uh, marked for us. Denver has just cleaned us every time we've seen them. Then you got the Clippers, the Lakers. Don't know how the Lakers are going to be, so that could be a toss-up. That could be a, actually a game that we could go back out there if LeBron and AD are still resting. You know, you, yeah, I don't think they're still resting. But I'm saying they're not going to be still, resting, bro. They're going to be in playoff mode. <laughs> you never know with this this team because everyone's doing. I look at the Nets and every like I don't even have a concept of what rest is for players anymore. You have Kyrie Irving taking sabbaticals <laughs> midway through the season. James Harden's probably at some uh, strip club right now, just chilling. He's got a cat. Sure, he's got an injury, but he's just chilling, opening up all the strip clubs in Brooklyn right now just to help the economy. And then Kevin Durant, look, he just hurt his thigh today. So I don't know what's going on with that team. So it, we've seen so many injuries. I wouldn't be surprised if they said, "Hey, guys, this is." This is not a game where we need we need you guys really for the stretch. Maybe we get you guys in for the last two, three games to get you guys your, your bloods going again because it's Anthony Davis and LeBron James. LeBron's been there numerous times. Anthony Davis is a stud, and those two working together. I don't know if they need that type of uh that type of extended run. Say like Andre Drummond, Dennis Schroeder, all those guys. Those guys need more run than uh Anthony Davis and LeBron James, in my in my opinion. But just looking at the schedule, that's why I only say it. I, I'm just I'm trying to be as realistic as possible, not trying to set my expectations too high because there is that chance of the plan. I hope we're out of we are not even near the plan. I, I really hope that we're six at, at minimum. But just looking at the schedule and how it's laid out, it's not it's not necessarily in our favor. But the Knicks are playing at a level right now where honestly I, I didn't see a six game winning streak coming. So who knows what happens? But besides the rankings. Who are the teams that you guys want? John, I want to start with you. Who who, who are the teams that you really, really want to see in a matchup against the New York Knicks? Well, my process of, like, let's go through the process of elimination. I don't want the Sixers. Uh, I don't want the Bucks. Those are two that I really don't want. Do I want the Nets in the first round? I'm not going to sit here off my six-game high and tell you I really want the Nets. And I'm terrified of the Heat. If I had to choose one of those four, I'm choosing the Nets. I know that sounds crazy. I, I, I know, like, the Heat, they're obviously one of the worst out of all those. If you would give me those choices, I'm taking the Nets. But who do I really want? I want the Hawks. Give me the Hawks in a four and five game. 
all those all those offseason statistics that Chip was bringing up that we're all worried about with Atlanta, those are going to come bright circle when Tibbs is staring at film for the Atlanta Hawks and we have we have them in a series. Trey Young's not going to get the calls. Maybe he got one or two games, but he's not going to get them for seven. So if you want for the Knicks' sake, if we're talking four or five seed, give me the Hawks. I also I'm going to close my eyes and say I'll take Boston. I'll take Boston. I don't mind. I don't mind those two. Anything else? Obviously, like this, we're not going to get the we're not going to play the seventh eighth seed, right? So anything else, I am terrified of. So that that's my ranking. Give me one Hawks. Give me two Celtics. And if I had to choose a third one, I'll take the Nets. What about the Hornets? The Hornets are could be a realistic team that we could potentially face too. You think you honestly think that they're gonna? I know they're doing okay still, but I just feel like without Lamelo, they're just not going to be able to win the hard nosed close games as May opens up. That's just my opinion. No, I'm not I, sure I, how sustainable it is. I mean, they've lost four in a row now. I don't. I don't think they're they're going to be able to keep this up. Yeah, and they're also without Gordon Hayward too. But I just put their names out there just because they're still in the top eight. That's the only reason yeah. I, I say. You know, anyone, someone, a team that could bypass them is, are the Pacers. They're right there to do it. Um, uh, they're two, two and a half games, a game, a game and a half or two and a half games back. Uh, no, half game and a half back from uh, from taking over the Hornets. So. Could be the Pacers. I'd take the Pacers too. I, I'm not afraid of the Pacers. Um, yeah, I would say it. I was just gonna say if it was a playing game, I'd rather play the Pacers than the Hornets. Because I mean, we can we can easily handle the Pacers. I feel like, and the Hornets have way more like threats who you feel like can go off. I think than uh, the Pacers. We've handled the like Randall's in Sabonis's head. The Pacers are a mess. I would I would completely take the Pacers. The Pacers are a fucking disaster. Just watching them. They're, uh, I'm not scared of the Pacers at all. But are we are we talking like teams that we think we can beat or teams that we just want to face? I mean, teams that we want to face, in my eyes, and I'm looking at that we could potentially beat. Not saying that we're going to – I don't think the Knicks are that type of team that could just dust and clock everybody, just say, right. hey, this is going to be an easy matchup for us, easy peasy. When I say I'm not afraid of the team, it, I'm saying that – I'm not worried about a blowout or not even having a standing chance. Yeah, I don't. I'm not the, the, the Hawks, the Celtics, the Pacers. I think we have a legit standing chance. Yeah, yeah, I agree with with all of those teams. I think we would have a chance in a seven game series against all. I think we'd have a chance with pretty much anybody in a seven game series. Even like a, uh, I'm not sure anybody would have a. <laughs> I almost said it against a full strength Nets team, but I'm not sure anybody. Would have would have a shot against a full strength Nets team and a seven game series except LeBron James. So I'm not going to go that far. But anybody else in the East, I feel like we have a shot against. Maybe not to take it like seven, but I we could we could hang with them. And but as far as realistic first round opponents, I like what John said about the Hawks. I feel like Tibbs would salivate at the opportunity to shut down Trey Young. I feel like he would just love uh, trapping Trey Young, doing what te- doing what teams used to do to James Harden when he was a one-man band in Houston, when they would just run up to half court in the playoffs and trap him and he wouldn't get calls. It would just be 
boring basketball to have to watch that in the playoffs, though, to have to watch Trey Young try and draw fouls. That would be brutal to have to watch. But I do want the Celtics, though. That's the team that I would want because I really feel like we can beat the Celtics. I do think that. And maybe it's unrealistic to say that because we were talking before and like, yeah, they're the Celtics and it's Brad Stevens and they have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And I just feel like they're very beatable. They're vulnerable right now. There's something off about the Celtics. Their defense isn't what it usually is. And Kemba doesn't look like Kemba. And they have zero rim protection. And they're vulnerable right now. So this is the time to try and beat the Celtics. Like, there's there's something off with this team. And you can – I feel like you can get them right now. Is it me? But when I watch the Celtics before I, I head over to Jeff – is it me or does this feel like when you watch the Celtics, it's a lot of ISO basketball? There's not even like that much team like ball. It's Tatum I, doesn't right, trust Tatum, these guys. Like Tatum, you go for it. Jalen Brown, are we finding you in transition or just to try to do something off the ball, off the dribble? I feel like that's what I'm watching all the time when yeah. I watch the Celtics. And then it's if Kemba's putting up a shot, it's like a desperation. Hey, we got a three shot clock's coming out to the end. Give it to the point guard. He can do something. Yeah. Yeah, it's just they don't look like the great Celtics teams that Stevens has had, where they had great defenses too. And I mean, Marcus Smart still looks like Marcus Smart, but like, and I mean, can't really put my finger on it. There's just something's missing. Like they're just, they have bad, like they, I mean, you guys watch it against us. They just have possessions where they look like a horrible defensive team. They look like the Pelicans looked today against us. They just have horrible defensive possessions where you're like, I can't believe this is the Celtics playing like this. They look bad. I agree. And that's, and even while I was watching them in person, the amount of turnovers and the turnovers that they had, like just throwing yeah. the ball out of bounds. That's, that's weird. That's really yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. But this is not a Celtics podcast. This is Nick's podcast. So Jeff. <laughs> well, trash the Celtics all you want though. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's Boston. You know, I live here. <laughs> Jeff. What are your teams that you wanna that you wanna see? I'll give you two teams. One of them's gonna come with a little bit of a story, but so I agree with Chip. Um, the team that I think we could beat is the Celtics, and I and, and it is because of what Chip said. I I think like whenever teams go into the playoffs, it's rare. It's it's not that it never happens. But it's rare that you just turn on a switch and just start mm-hmm. playing completely different unless you're a LeBron James-led Cavs team that was in the bottom of the league for defensive rating for the entire season and then played good defense in the playoffs on the way to the finals. But if you're not that, it's very rare that you you kind of change your your stripes and your spots when you get into the postseason and something just looks off with the Celtics. Like obviously they're, they're playing better now, but this, this team really just looks like Jason Tatum is playing hero ball. And if, if he's not dropping 40 or 45, like their chances of winning are, are, are difficult. And I just feel like the Knicks as a team are going to, with the time to prepare for them are going to, you know, really, kind of limit them and make them do, you know, things that they don't want to do. And um, I think that it'll be a really tough series for the Celtics. And listen, the other team that I want to see in the playoffs, and I'm not running from it at all, is the Brooklyn Nets. And and this is why I want to see them. 
I don't believe that we would win the series. I think there's a small chance it could go six. But here's here's why I want the Brooklyn Nets because I'm what kind of what I'm seeing. This is is an opportunity for the long term growth of our team and franchise. What I see happening is that I think we will play well against the Nets. There may be one or two rough. Maybe, maybe one blowout of the series where the Nets just, they hit everything and it doesn't matter what defense you have out there. But I think that this series, if the Knicks and Nets play each other in the playoffs, will get a ton of national attention. I think everybody will be keyed into that series. And now, not just the four dudes on this podcast, but everybody is going to see, yo, the Knicks, the Knicks play good basketball. Like they're a tough team. And I think that obviously players in the league know this, but I think that there could be potential trade candidates, stars that may want out of their spot, and they're going to see that series and they're going to say, you know what, all they're missing is a go-to scorer. I could be that guy. Or, you know, it could be free agents. It's like, you know what, man, that, that team looks like they have fun. They look like they care about each other. They look like they play hard. Tibbs has them playing right. And I, I think – a, a five or six game loss in that series could, you know, really kind of maybe grow the potential in terms of who's going to be on the team in for seasons to come. I like that. No, I like that. I, I see, I can see the point with the Nets and definitely getting that recognition because it would be keyed in battle in New York that ESPN loves to push the battle yeah. in New York of, the Brooklyn Nets and the New York Knicks. Who who owns this city? I don't even know why that's even a question. We see that the back page still the New York Knicks own the back page of every publication around here, unless some writers for the Daily News just want to put out some weird stuff. Um, but anyway, I get, I get that. I like that. I, I'm not afraid of the Nets. We would play well. The Nets are a team, in my opinion, that can turn on that switch even though they haven't played together with the limited time that they have played together, they're that team that when everyone's there, everyone's healthy, they're just dominant. They don't play a wicked defense, but they're dominant. And the thing that I worry about with the Knicks is, are we going to match that scoring? Cause when we're, when we're matching the scoring, fine, not a problem. The days that we have a drought, we're building some brick houses, gentlemen, building some brick houses. We're br- it is like uh, what, what is it? The um, the track housing out in Long Island. That's what we're doing. We're just building rows of houses. The way the Knicks play, man. The amount of bricks they put up, and it's not pretty. I don't want to see that. And I feel like we're gonna have one of those games. I like the Celtics just because we can slow them down. They rely heavily on the three. We guard the three really well. They don't have enough guys who shoot the three ball really well outside of Kemba, Tatum, and Brown. Who else is who else do you trust on that? I'm not trusting Pritchard to go start just jacking up threes and start knocking them down. You know, Marcus Smart may have a game where he hits, maybe have a game or two where he hits some threes at a high clip. But other, outside of the big three that they got, I don't see who else can do that. Grant Williams is not going to do that for them, and I think we match up really well with them. I like the Pacers. Chip already talked about; it. they're just in disarray. Hawks, as John pointed out, Hawks would be a fun matchup. I would just be tired of watching Trey Young at the foul line because if they start giving Trey Young all those fouls, I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna break televisions, gentlemen. I will be breaking televisions. I just hate it. 
I just hate that brand of basketball. It's like James Harden style. I can't take it. But I like I like those matchups. I like to see all those. I like to see all those. Anyone else got anything on on playoff matchups before I go on to the topic that I showed up earlier? No, no one. All right. Well, this is the topic I should have brought earlier. Zion Williamson press conference today. Post game. Woo! Just write the just give me the ticket right now. I'm waiting for the end of like years year three where they came and resigned. They're gonna say, Hey kid, you want to extend in New Orleans? And he says, You know, I really enjoy playing in New York, man. Like I really, really enjoy playing in New York. Yeah, man, but it's the big easy, you know, good cooking down here, you know, it's chill, it's relaxed. David Griffin's just kind of looking like, come on, man, don't you want to help me out? I love playing in New York, man. I love playing it. When I heard that, just the way he's he's happy and giddy talking about MSG2 and just playing in New York. Uh, RJ, just recruit the man right now. Get Shea Gilders Alexander on the train. Everybody's come on to New York, man. RJ with the Canadian connection with uh, Shea. College connection with Zion. What do you guys think about the Zion presser today? John, I'll start with you. You were, I know you were just like, you were, you were just so elated, like, insane you just john's words were insane absolutely insane well i just couldn't believe as you mentioned his demeanor his demeanor was insane and they just lost an overtime game <laughs> like they're they're who knows if they're gonna make the playoffs right they're reeling right now and Zion Williamson smiling up there being like yeah i love new york the garden's really cool i you know i really like it here like that actually blew my mind like forget the fact that it's the knicks and someone's talking about how they like them in a positive way and they lost and it's april it makes no sense for a star in the nba to sit there in a press conference and be like let's go knicks like that's for the the, the daily news like you said but it, <laughs> you know it's funny you mentioned it as soon as, as soon as zion williamson Walks on the court for warmups, and you could tell who he is just by his gait. Like he kind of has that weird limp on his right. Sh- pulled up to RJ, and they just they just start the Duke hand. They just start the handshake, like the first thing he does, and that just made me so happy inside. I just kind of let it go. He killed us on the court. We won the game, and I'm just minding my own business in the city. All of a sudden, I see the press conference. I'm just like, what is happening? So I- I'm excited to watch the full presser, but. I don't want to get caught up in the hype. I'm happy with our team. I'm so... This is... I mean, I don't want to talk about the Jets in comparison to the Jets, but this is exactly what we're talking about. You build the team like it is in New York. You build it. You have the GM. You get the coach. You build out what you have. And then the people will come. Build it and the people will flock. Like, that. that that's really it. And, I mean, I can't imagine... What Zion Williamson feels when he hits 36 in New Orleans. And then when he watches Julius Randle score 36 in the garden. And he's just like, how is this the same thing? How is this the same game? You know what I mean? And, and, I, and I feel like going from Duke to this, to New Orleans, especially with, of course, they have no fans. But I just, I mean, I, I, I feel his problem. And I'm, I'm excited to be that he's looking at us with those eyes. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I really like what's over there. But I just do not want to get caught up in the hype. You like it? Great, man. Come over here. We're not paying for you. You want to wait? Come through. Any of your friends want to come hang out? No problem. We're a great team. But we don't need you. And so I just don't want to go down that path. Uh, we, we don't need you. We, we know you're cool, but like we're, we're good to go. And it's so funny that uh, I was going to – I want to pinpoint something that Jeff mentioned about the camaraderie and the chemistry. The Knicks, after the first time out – they had a whole montage, a montage with a song and everything. 
and it was on like replay of them helping each other up off the floor and you know them joking around with Marcus Morris like it was it was like for the whole time out they just put it on replay had a song in the bag so the the garden itself is embracing this culture it's not just like some back thing that we're all yelling about Theo Pinson you know what I mean so Zylemson's cool I'm happy with it I love him he can come it'll be great but I just I don't have my eyes on anyone anymore I'm just happy with what we have wow wow I like I like that I like that Jeff back to you man Zion's presser how'd you feel all right so two things I thought of initially I mean do we all remember like we're we're gonna be talking about Zion's expressions and trying to draw some information from that right do we all remember what he looked like on draft night when the Knicks didn't get the first pick like yes he was disappointed it was clear to me at least whether it was that he just didn't necessarily want to go to New Orleans and I'm sure he loves it there now like first off I've been in New Orleans twice I fucking love that city it's amazing it's hotter than hell in the summer but it's an amazing place to go. But like he was disappointed about that. I think he wanted to come here. And listen, for, for a dude that literally, you know, uh get paid to to hopefully know something about the human condition and observe people, Zion, Zion was in love. What you saw today on on the press conference was he was in love. Like <laughs> The amount of giddiness Me that too, you Jeff. showed. I think, I think I'm in love too. <laughs> we're all in love. We're all in love seeing Zion and thinking about him in the New York Knicks uh, uniform. <laughs> the, 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 the guy couldn't. He couldn't have. He couldn't have contained himself if he tried. So now you know it's going to be interesting to see what the response is in the days coming because whether it's his own PR team or the New Orleans PR team, someone's going to talk to him and be like. Yo, dude, you got to say something because, like, that shit was ridiculous. Like, I, I like, you know, and he's a kid, so I feel bad. Like, of course, he can be excited about playing the gar- at the garden. Everybody can. But, like, he was over the moon. And, and it, it was, it was almost not uncomfortable, but it was like, holy shit. Like, does he know what he's doing right now? Like, does he know that this is going to be a media story for the, the next week? Or, or week, week, New York, Jeff. <laughs> all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, the dude, the dude, what you saw on the television today was a man in love, and he he is in love with the New York Knicks, and that's not going anywhere anytime soon. Oh, John's giddy, and I see Chip's also giddy. giddy. Chip, I could see the twinkle in your eye right now that you could just see Zion next to Julius Randle as a front court with R.J. Barrett. Somehow Cam Reddish has just fixed everything about his game and he comes through as well after all of them are done with their rookie year contracts. And we got the Duke three. So we got oh a Duke. God, that would connection. make me so happy if we had Cam, if Cam Reddish was good, that would be, we don't even need him in, in the, in New York. Just if he figures something out, I feel so bad for Cam. Everybody trashes him all the time and I wish Cam just figures it out. But look about the, about the Zion press conference. That's just who he is. He's always smiling. He's always happy. And he's just the nicest guy in the world. And I think he just lo- genuinely loves playing in New York City like everybody else. And I would love to see Zion 
on the Knicks. I, I want, I wanted him so bad. I loved watching him in college. He was so much fun to watch. I wanted him more than I've any wanted anybody else on the Knicks my entire time that I've been a fan. So it would mean a lot, but I've seen so many players talk about how much they love New York City mm-hmm. that I don't, like John said, I don't want to get sucked into this. I don't want to go into the story that's going to be written by Mark Berman 25 fucking times every time he comes <laughs> back to, to Madison Square Garden. <laughs> like how close him and RJ are. And we're going to hear about the handshake soon. I promise. Oh my you. God. I promise we absolutely are. We absolutely are. And I look, I think I forget who tweeted it, but look, him and RJ are super close and I'm sure they're going to play together on some team someday. And hopefully it's the Knicks. And those guys are the future of the NBA. It'd be awesome if the two of them played together for us. It would be a lot of fun, but I'm, I'm just crossing my fingers, knock on wood, whatever, and hoping that that happens because the way the NBA is now, those guys can just choose to play together and say, Hey, we want to play on the Knicks. And Look, they they have the power to do that, and they're going to be good enough where they can just say that. I mean, RJ is looks like he's going to be an all star player. Zion's already an all star player, and he's it, it looks like it could be going that way. But I, I'm not going crazy over it. I, I want it to happen. Uh, like John said, I'm happy about where things are, but I, I also I'll admit I have my eye on Zion. I love Zion. Yeah, just because I I love the kid. I've been such I've, I've been a fan of him for years. I'm a Duke fan, so I've oh, been a fan it. of him since he was in college. So I've wanted him on the team for a while now. I love the guy. Yeah, I was about to say you're a Duke fan too. So yeah. having Cam, RJ, and then Zion team, you'd just be going. Oh my uh, god, you'd be going wild. Oh, I would we'd love. Have to, we'd have I, to hose Chip down. Oh my <laughs> god, seriously, get JJ too. Get JJ. Get. <laughs> Hire hire Battier into the front office and Trajan Langdon too. Jeez, jeez. Uh, <laughs> Coach K, Coach K is like, look, I will be an assistant coach to the New York oh, Knicks. Tom Thibodeau. Coach K is <laughs> Coach K is losing his fucking mind, man. They can leave. Coach Coach K is really at the end of his rope. I feel like we don't need we don't need to go into a Coach K discussion on this podcast. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, That's he's had a rough year. Time? Zion, like the two oops today, they would have broke the garden if he was wearing a Knicks jersey, Alex. Like I, I don't, I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. Like the garden would have exploded. I don't care, three thousand people, twenty five people, it does not matter. Zion Williamson, if he was dunking like that, just what he did today, and he was wearing a black jersey instead of a red one, everyone would have went insane. I, I. I was going insane just by how the Knicks were playing today. I'm, I was going insane for Derrick Rose. Okay, Derrick Rose. All right, I was going insane for Derrick Rose. If and Knox hit been... that open three, Alex. If Knox hit that open three, I don't even know what would have happened. People would start oh. throwing chairs. <laughs> would have nuts in there. Like I'm a big D Rose fan. I love D Rose when he came into the NBA. I was going excited. So if, if Zion was in a uniform, or Knicks uniform. I'd be with Chip and need to get hosed down too because it would just, I'd be the most obnoxious person on the street, like either in New York or in freaking Boston. I, you would not hear the end of it. I'm already obnoxious just everywhere that I am. So Dominique gets tired of me. So, okay. She, she's like, I get it. The New York Knicks, Frank Nilakina. I'm just like, you know, Frank Nilakina? That's pretty cool. She's like, that's Obi Toppin. I'm like, you know, Obi Toppin too? Jeez. This is amazing. 
And you're a Bostonian. It's contagious, man. It's contagious. Everyone around me, like I, I literally greet my family now by just like saying Nick's like, yeah, Nick's like, all right, cool. <laughs> Cause that's what it is, man. It's an infectious team. They're there. But we have two football teams, two baseball. We have two baseball teams. Debatable if you want to say two or three hockey teams, if you want to include New Jersey in the metropolitan area and how you feel about it. You can include um, New Jersey. It's okay to include New Jersey. Okay. We got, <laughs> we have our New Jersey representative in, uh, from Chip Murphy over here. So, uh, <laughs> but when it comes to basketball, there's only one real team that encompasses New York, which is the New York Knicks. Brooklyn is just a pop up store. They're here temporarily. They're, that it's legit what gentrification is. Something new and shiny came in and no one really wants to go over there and check it out because guess what? Rent's too damn high and it's, ugh, ugh. So like those new age buildings that's like, it's modern. It's modern. And you're like, is it? Is that what we want to call it? Looks kind of tacky and out of place, but okay. But I, I love the Zion conference. I love everything about it. I think it's just, I just love the hype around it and just seeing like a kid who's just like ecstatic, but cause it's just not normal. You don't see people like, yes, playing in the garden, but there's just something so awaited when he talks about it that like he, you saw that face. Jeff mentioned it. Like you saw, like you just saw it where he didn't get drafted. He, he knew it was going to the Pelicans. Like you saw that face on watery night. He was just like, like yeah. deep down inside of him. He was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, David Shit. Griffin's going to pick me. Fuck. Yeah. God and he didn't damn. even have Stan Van Gundy as a coach yet. Think of how he's feeling now, too. It's true. Dude, Stan Van had some weird comments. We, we, we talked about the top of the show, right? The Pelicans. Stan Van had some weird comments, man. That's how you get players off the team. That's probably why Lonzo wants to leave. Everybody's like, why would we want Lonzo if he's so good? Why, why do the Pelicans want to trade him? Things are not working out with the coach. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it's really obvious. Well, even when you hear about J.J. Reddick talk about uh, David Griffin, right, and asking, hey, I'd like to be close to my family. And you're like, yeah, man, we'll try to work it out for you. Texas is close, right? Uh, not the zip code I was looking for, but uh, thanks. Not really. Uh, I think something's so- with the whole agency. Yeah. How do you do that? Like, t- like, I've never heard of a front office doing that. Don't they – when a guy – when a, when a vet or when a guy loyal to a team asks for a trade – like that usually they do them a solid i've never heard of something like that happening like that's that's just weird especially to a guy like jj reddick that's just a very strange thing to have happen and it's not like they're gonna be able to parlay jj reddick into some asset with the mat with the mavericks it's like just it, it was seemed kind of like a a backstabby thing to do man like they went out of their way to screw him over yeah it was absolutely. weird didn't he sign with them in free agency too? Did he sign with them yeah. in free agency? Yeah, it was weird. messed up. That's he the would, weird part. He, there was a lot of teams that wanted him, and he was like, "I think they have something special going on down in New Orleans." And that's so what makes it come above a bunch of teams. Yeah, that's what makes it also confusing because he chose that team, and in all, like the team has underperformed for two seasons, and they've been propped up to be this playoff team instantly. And just pushing Zion, uh, but it has it hasn't been uh, flourishing in the way that the NBA is, it wants it. But let's move on to the last topic before we finish this next segment. We got the upcoming schedule, guys. Huge, Alex. It's literally all the teams we're talking about with the you know that we're so worried in the Eastern Conference. This is a big week, and we do, and we're riding off the six games. 
oh, this is the time. Like, my nerves start to kick in. Like, I already have the Sunday scaries. <laughs> <laughs> John's got the Sunday scaries, and it ain't for work. It's for the New York Knicks. <laughs> what a time to be always. alive. It's always, it's always been for the New York Knicks, man. Let's, let's keep it real. They're just giving me hope this time. They're, it's a lot of hope. It's a lot of hope. Everyone's feeling it. But this week, guys, we got Tuesday. We got the Charlotte Hornets. Wednesday, back to back. We're home. The good thing about this is that we're we just start our six game home stand. So that's a good thing about this stretch. So we faced off the Pelicans today. We beat them in overtime. We got the Hornets, as I said, on Tuesday. We got the Atlanta Hawks on Wednesday. Then we got some time off from Wednesday to Saturday, where they on Saturday they play the Toronto Raptors again for the final time of the season. And then on Monday, they get the Phoenix Suns. What are your predictions going into this, Jeff? What, how, how do you feel about this? You got, you got the Knicks going one and three, two and two. What are you feeling for this team? All right. So we have Hornets, Hawks, Raptors, Suns. As I said earlier, I'm going to split the Hornets and Hawks. It's a back to back. Um, I would love to see the Knicks beat the Hawks. I just, I think uh, second night of a back-to-back, the Hawks are playing well. I just see that um, more of a split. Um, I don't really feel like we play well against the Raptors. I just, I, it's hard for me to remember a game in the ne- the recent future where we've played really well against them. Um, the last game, uh, Jeff. Huh? The last game. The last time Did we they? played the Raptors. Yeah, yeah we, we played well. 102-96? Pretty good. Yeah, we, wait, are we 1-1 one one against the Raptors this year? Yes. Because we remember the first game was uh, where we shot like 8% from three. That was that, was, that, <laughs> that was We were talking about like the all-time low of the New York Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was insane. So, all right, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll give us two and two. I think okay. we'll I think we'll beat the Hornets, we'll beat the Raptors, I think we will lose to the Hawks and the Suns. You don't think we can beat the Suns, Jeff? You don't think we can beat the Suns? Hell no. <laughs> That's a huge L. Yeah. All right, what about what, what, <laughs> yeah. what about you, I, Chip? That's a big loss, I think. I think Chris Paul is gonna go crazy in that game. Uh, I'm gonna say three and one, actually. I'm gonna go better than that. Ooh. I think they I think the Raptors are going to be, I mean, Saturday afternoon, that's a prime tanking game for the Raptors. I think a lot of guys are going to be sitting in that game. So I think we definitely pick up that one. And the Hornets, I think they, that's a very winnable game. Devontae Grimp sat out again today, so he may miss that one. Um, and the Hawks game, that's a huge game. I feel like they're going to get up for that one because they know it's a must win. So all all three of those games are winnable. I like them in all those. I think I'd say three and one. Yeah, I'm pretty confident about it. So Chip's got Chip has got. I just want to put this out there. Chip has got us being the Hornets, the Hawks, and the Raptors. This is a nine game winning streak. Yes, oh I, man. Yes, it is. A nine you were putting game. out a nine game winning streak. <laughs> that's Chip, tough. as I was doing it, I didn't realize that I was doing it. But yes, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Chip, we want a nine game winning streak. I will drive to your house and we will have some drinks. <laughs> it's a long drive, but you you be welcome. Hey man, there's a there's a train. I can take a train. 
Uh, and I'll probably pick up John along the way and Jeff. And we can all just drink up some uh, drinking. <laughs> we'll be house. there. I'll, I'll be there, man. I'll be there. All right. John, my guy. Betting man. What do you get? What, what do you got for this week? Alex, I unfortunately I think you're I think you're right on the money about this whole winning streak business. I don't even like if it was just, if it was in a vacuum, I would one hundred percent agree with Chip. And I would take the three and one, but the Hornets game feels like the most Knicks loss is coming right up. It just feels like this Tuesday game, like the Hornets are off. The Knicks are waiting. We're on the high. The Hornets are on the low, like Chip's talking about. People are sitting out. Devontae Graham's going to come back and just kill us. Like that, 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 that's how it feels. It just feels like the Hornets might beat us. So in my objective state, I would say that the Hornets could steal this one, but, and we might be kind of looking ahead to the Hawks. Is that possible that the Knicks are looking ahead a little bit to their second of back to back? They got the they got the Hawks and they're staring at them right above them in the standings. Yeah, totally. I don't know. That, that that that's kind of what it's looking like to me. Plus, the Knicks have the Hawks off a of back to back, so the Hawks are playing Orlando Chips, Orlando Magic, <laughs> and uh, then they got the Knicks. So they they're in Atlanta and then they got the Knicks the next day. It's a tough game, especially because the Knicks have been home, like you mentioned, Alex. So, in my objective state. Of course, I don't want this to happen, and I'm rolling with. In my dream world, we got Chips nine game winning streak three and one. Honestly, that's like my Nick fandom. Like I really do. I'm gonna will that to happen. I'm gonna try my best. I might even show up on Tuesday. Who knows? If if it's home, I might just go to the Garden again. But I'm gonna take the loss with the Hornets. I'm gonna take the win versus the Hawks, and it's at eight o'clock. Is it a prime time? I wonder if that's a, if that's for a prime time mm-hmm. slot. No, it's not. It's not it's normal. It's actually. And then we have. Go ahead. What's interesting is that the after the Hawks game, the next three games are prime time. It's ESPN, NBA TV, and ESPN. Oh, okay. The one o'clock Raptors is ESPN. Yep. So that's in, that's really interesting because that transitions me into my question for Chip. I've been watching the Raptors all season. I actually have, nobody cares, but I have Van Flea and Lowry on my fantasy team. So I've been really paying attention to those boys, especially. Of course, Lowry's been injured, but Van Fleet's been sitting. And Spicy P's had a couple games off too. You think it's a tank job, Chip? And if you do think it's a tank job, and Alex just mentioned it's an ESPN game, is that a thing? Are they going to tank an ESPN game at 1 o'clock? Or aren't there fines associated with that, with Greg Popovich? Or They just find him. Right? Oh. Did they, they just find him for tanking, which I, I thought was ridiculous that they did that because OKC is literally just took Al Horford out of the lineup. <laughs> like, unabashedly, like, <laughs> is sitting him and he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to hang out. I could be playing, but I'm going to go home and not play. But they let them do that. But yeah, no, they, they, uh, I, I forget what the name of the rule is. It's like violation of the league's, uh, poli- like policy or something. Policy to play basketball? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Policy to, <laughs> policy to compete. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's, but yeah, they find them for the tanking rule. It's, but I don't know. It's, there's I ways think. around it, obviously. They, I, I, if they don't, interesting. yeah. The ESPN if, game? Are they going to do that again? I mean, that never, like you mentioned Popovich, that didn't stop Popovich when he wanted to rest guys. Like, so it'll be interesting down the stretch. I mean, 
if they don't want to win and they want to end up with Cade Cunningham or Jalen Green or something, I mean, they're the Toronto Raptors. They're a model organization. They should be able to do whatever the hell they want. Like, if they, as far as yeah. I'm concerned, like, I mean, not, not, not compete, like outwardly not compete, but if they want to rest guys who are banged up, like who are the future of their franchise, then whatever. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, I guess. But it's yeah. also in the garden. I feel like Van Fleet and Kyle are definitely going to play. Yeah. It feels you, like a loss, yeah. man. It feels like a loss. And I'm obviously not going to take the Suns. Like we just mentioned, that's a loss too. So in my realistic, honest to God state, I would say one win, three losses. That's my honest thing. Like if I'm just being objective about this whole thing, I'm watching the Knicks not grab rebounds on the offense. I'm watching them let people like KP slash get every rebound. Lonzo getting every rebound. Steven Adams getting every rebound. And drives me nuts. Those second chance points. My realistic state, I would say one and three. My Nick fandom's going three and one. We should beat the Hornets. The Hawks are, uh, we, we have a favorable matchup there. And the Raptors stink. They haven't played all week. And even if they start playing, who knows? Maybe they'll get injured again. Kyle Lowry has literally not played in a month. Ask my fantasy team. Van <laughs> <laughs> Fleet has been off for a couple of weeks, on and off. Like, I'm telling you, these guys just haven't been playing. So that's what I'm going to go with. One and three for real. But everything in me, in my bones, especially that they're home, I might just end up showing up to these games. <laughs> I'm going, you know, I'm hoping that Chip is completely right. All right. So John's going with the. Uh... With the, the realistic, the calm down fan saying one and three, but the inner fan in him, his brain is telling him no, but his heart is telling him yes. <laughs> perfect. That's a perfect, that's a exactly what's happening. My mind is telling me no. I'm <laughs> <laughs> John right now. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to go. I really want to ride with Chip and go three and one. Something tells me. Game winning streak. Let's just ride. This 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 pod's gonna be called Chip's nine game winning streak. (laughs) (laughs) Done. This game. This pod's called Chip's nine game winning streak. Done. Book it. Um, I'm gonna go two and two. I think I think we take. I think we take the Raptors. We've been really good at afternoon games for some crazy reason. So one o'clock just booked that one against the Toronto Raptors on ESPN taking the loss against Phoenix. This is where it gets a little dicey for me between the the Hornets and the Hawks. I could see us beating the Hawks because we've defeated them twice already this season. And I think that's the game as John's talking about looking ahead because they're what you're going to be funny. We did play them twice. I know, no, I, we beat them twice. That's scary. That that yeah. usually comes back to bite us. That's scary. It does, but I yeah. think also at the same time that I think the Knicks are kind of looking ahead to your part. We're saying these guys are actually kind of in our way, and if we can beat them, we, you know, we usurp we usurp them. We 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 got we. Not only do we have the winning like the the tiebreaker right now, if we were to be tied, but it's just that much more because they're in that spot. So I think looking, I think it's going to be the Atlanta game that we win, and I think the Hornet. The Hornet game, it's gonna be something weird, man. I feel like, I feel like it's gonna be that game where we're just off. We really need Burks of scoring. That's how it's feeling to me. So I think it's two and two. That's that's how I'm going with it. 
What? What are you saying, John? I miss Burks. I miss Burks. Oh yeah, so much. Yeah, yeah. I wish we had Burks, but we were doing fine without him right now. But we're doing fine without him right now, which is nice. We beat Dallas. We beat the Pelicans, so it's all good. But just to wrap it up, we got Jeff. What would you would you take two and two? You take two. Yep, you took two and two. I took two and two. Chip took three and one. He's got a nine game winning streak. <laughs> John, I have to save you for last because the realistic John put one and three and the, the fandom John put three and one. Jeff, do you have us being the Hornets? Uh, yes. Yeah. Jeff's got us being the Hornets and the Raptors. It's on and off, on and off mm-hmm. with, uh, how Jeff's got it. Damn, I hope you guys are all right. I hope I'm so wrong. I can't wait. To I hope Chip's this. right. I've all, <laughs> I, mean, I, 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 I hope I agreed. <laughs> I hope I'm right, but with my luck, Devontae Graham is going to come out and score 100%. like 40. Yeah. This is a garden. Alex made the perfect point. We're in the garden just hanging out at home. And you see that smile that Jeff was talking about on Zion Williamson's face, how he's in love? These guys are all – they all feel the same exact way. Devontae yeah. Graham cannot wait to play on 34th and 7th. I can't wait. Yeah. Rogier is going to take a million shots too. It's going to be a fun game to watch, that game. It will be fun. Can't wait. All right, guys, this is a great Knicks portion. Stick around, everyone, for the after the break, and we'll talk about we got the et cetera. All right, guys, and we're back from the break. Unfortunately, we had to lose one. We had to lose Jeffrey Campbell, but he had he had to go take care of some stuff. He had to go take some care of some real business, some basketball business. Don't worry, he'll be back on, a, on another podcast. But his buddy, his co-host, and the host of the New York Knicks State of Mind is still here with us, Chip Murphy. Still so guys, here. thank you. Still here, hanging with us. He's going all twelve rounds. He said, "I'm not letting these chumps take me down. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm Frazier in this up in this bitch." <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're going to talk about NBA MVPs. All right. We got some. There's a race right now. We got Jokic out there and B. LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, James Harden. Guys, what do you think? Who do you think should be MVP? Well, let's just go around. Who do you guys think should be MVP? Who do you think should be in discussion for MVP? Let's get let's get your thoughts. Chip, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. Are we starting with who should be in the discussion, or do you want me to start with who I think should be it? Who? Do, okay, let's start with who do we think we should who should be the MVP? Who should be it? I think it should be Joker right now. I think he's he's on a team that's, you know, they're they're winning and his his numbers are historically good and we'll we'll get to I I want to say a different name and we'll get to that name. We were just talking about it beforehand and I would love to say it, but uh his team isn't as good as Joker's team and I mean, he's just been so consistently good all year long and so many other guys have gotten hurt. And he stayed healthy all year and he was killed for his conditioning for how long. And he's been the one guy who stayed healthy and beads miss games. LeBron's missed game. Even LeBron has missed games. And I, well, Giannis has been healthy and I get the argument for uh, saying, Oh, well, Giannis is doing the same thing. He's done that. He's always done. But to me, Jokic's numbers are more impressive because he, can shoot and he's a better passer and he's look, I, I look at all those 
numbers and stuff. And it's like, God, his, and, and you watch too. And it's like, it just looks like he contributes so much to winning. Like, like he, that be, has become a cliche to say that this guy is a winning player. He contributes so much to winning. The team is better when he's on the floor, but with him, it's like, it's like, you know, the, the Peyton Manning with the Colts when you were like, Oh, he's just better when he just makes these guys better. No matter what, no matter what they put out there on the field with them. It's just like, yeah, he's just, he's out there. So everybody else is better. And now even with Murray out yeah, you know, their championship odds plummeted, but I don't know who knows what's going to happen with them. It's going to be, they're going to be a fun watch in the playoffs with him because it's just going to revolve around him. And I think he's just been so consistently great all year long. And I think he deserves because of that. He should be rewarded for his consistency. I agree 100%. Yep. How about they you? They got Austin know? Rivers now, though, Chip. I saw that. Yeah, that's going to be fun, too. Is Austin official? Rivers. Oh, was it not made official? I thought it was, I thought official, it was official already. Too. I don't know. I thought it was is official. official. Is it official? Because I know they're going through like the negotiation. He has to pass like the oh. safety health protocol oh. before he's officially on. I know that was like three days ago. Trust me, I like have a whole thing ready for him once he's official. Because <laughs> like, I do writing about that. I'm like, I got something for. I'm like, when that day comes, because I don't want, I I don't want it to be. Well, he didn't pass the health safety protocol. I'm like, well, this article is just pointless. <laughs> is it fully guaranteed or is it a ten day? It'd be a Do fully we know? guaranteed contract. No, I think he's looking for fully a fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed, yeah. yeah. I mean, they need they need guards, so I, yeah. they should definitely pick up. All oh, it's a, yeah, it's a good signing for them. Yeah, yeah. John, what are your feelings about uh, Jokic? I mean, you know more than anyone. The Joker is my guy. <laughs> you know more than anyone. I love that man. But I first of all, I think it's really interesting that well, I would say it's a two person race. It's between the Joker and Embiid. And I think it's really interesting that we're going to have a center be an MVP for the first time since Shaq in, was it, 2000? And not only that, it's 2021 and everyone's telling me no one needs a center. The game is all about guards. Steph Curry ruined basketball. Meanwhile, the centers are the people for MVP. It's really, uh, there's a lot of aesthetic stuff about MVP. So, for example, Giannis, like you guys were talking about, the problem is he won it a couple times and he hasn't really blown us out of the water this year. So his numbers really don't matter. How the Bucks are doing doesn't matter because he already won it a couple times. And unless he's absolutely breaking, you know, every record this year, he's just not getting it. And that's really aesthetic. And I think for the Joker, besides his, what is he like, Who's the number? He has forty nine double doubles or something like that, which is insane. I think he, I think he's one triple double away from the most in Nuggets history. He, he's he's absolutely he's breaking records. But for aesthetic stuff, for the Joker, the fact that he came out versus the Heat and got that triple double right after Jamal Murray got hurt, I feel like that game sealed it. And, you know, of course, there's a, a buildup and you have, you know, you have to do what he does all season and they, he still has to stay up in the standings. And that's a big question mark for Denver. I really think that if the Lakers take them over and they keep going down, they get under Portland or something, there's no way he's going to win it. So I think he sealed it if he, if the Nuggets continue, as Chip said, which they have a long 
feet ahead of them. If they could stay in the conversation where their standing is, maybe just knock one down. But if he goes down to the Lakers and LeBron comes back and LeBron is LeBron, and all of a sudden the Lakers are overtaking Denver and all of a sudden Denver's plummeting, at what point does the NBA start choosing the MVP? I know it's a regular season award, and I always advocate that way. But at what point do the NBA writers who vote who vote on it start thinking ahead? Like if Denver starts, you know, going down before the regular season and it looks like they're going to be a first round out, they don't want that conversation to say, how is Joker the MVP? First round knockout, Denver never goes. And then you have all these Embiid's killing it in the playoffs, probably at least the second, third round. LeBron, you know, second, third round. Other guys that kind of Giannis, you know, just players who are going to be in the conversation. Even Luka, right? Like Luka Doncic, I know. I know Mavericks. I know he complains. And I know he doesn't win games. But look who's on his team. He has literally nobody. He has Tim Hardaway Jr. And Rick Brunson. Like, what are we talking about? You know, and he's killing it out there. His numbers speak for themselves. And he's, when you watch him on the floor, he's controlling everything. So, you know, there's players here and there. But if you're asking me who I'm, who I would take, it has to be the Joker. You just watch the full regular season, stick, stick to the rules. The standings don't matter that much. I mean, they were up the whole time. They could blame it on Jamal Murray. But just watching the Joker is so beautiful, man. Watching the center. He, he, he is Sabonis, not, not the little guy from Indiana, his daddy. He's, he's daddy Sabonis. You know, if, if, if that was this, if it was 2021. And it's really just beautiful to watch. I really love the, the whole new center fad. I hate that they play players like Zion Williamson in the center and think it's going to fly in the NBA. Like, this is like the type of thing, like, you need a Joker, you need an Embiid. And other than that, you're not winning. So I, I, I give me the Joker. I like the Joker as well. And I think the center position itself. When we talk about Embiid and Yoke and the Joker and the Joker Jokic, they're two transcendent centers compared to anyone else. And every other center that we look at throughout the league, who else passes the? Especially when it comes to Jokic, he is the point guard of that team. Legit brings the ball up, shoots threes, shoots mid range, can do anything he wants offensively. Defense, you know, defense is not his strongest suit. He tries and he tries his best. Right? He, we saw Anthony Davis take a like just body him when the Lakers matched up with him. It's not – Chip's giving me like the little not like, is it body? Yeah. I mean, he did, he did an okay job, but it was – eh. It's tough, man. He's not he's not the best defensive center out there. But everything else that he does, he doesn't need to be the best defensive center because he just makes that offense go. He's the legit engine of that team. And he's a transcendent center. I don't know any other center that really brings up the ball like he does that can just pass it so fluently as he does either like he just knows how to kick it out he reads double teams triple teams finds an open guy that he wants he is the initial he is the playmaker of that team you know we talk about point forwards man's a point center the the only point center in this league like so i get i get it's just watching him just phenomenal and beat is just a he's just a brick house man that man just dominates in the post he's got a really good game but those are like the two most transcendent centers that we have in the game. So it just makes sense that they're up in the MVP category for this year, especially since they've both been so dominant. But I think Jokic should win one because of how well the Nuggets have done. I know Murray Murray had a very slow start at the beginning of the season. He started to pick up during February. 
the numbers are actually drastically different. I wrote, I wrote about it recently, like his three-point shooting, just the efficiency of his game is just night and day. And I point everyone to go read my piece on what what it looks like for the Nuggets losing Jamal Murray or like just not necessarily what it looks like, but just questioning like how are the Nuggets going to move forward, what Jamal Murray has gone through. And I think he's going to come back from this injury stronger and better before because that's just who he is as a person. The man just consistently grinds. He's just that type of guy. You know, when he – he said he said he said it himself. He said it himself. When when it's at it when it's it's hardest for him, that's when he he like strives. So this is the hardest it's going to be for him. I only expect Murray to come back and be stronger. But regardless, I think Jokic should be the winner this year, especially if the Nuggets can complete, compete and be in the top four of the Western Conference. As John pointed out, if they start to slip, it's hard to argue that Jokic is an MVP because then you go at the Philadelphia 76ers who are still top, my counter would be, okay, Embiid missed time too, and Jokic hasn't missed time at all. Yeah, he's been with that team every single day, helping them stay in a playoff race. So, And the Sixers have been good without Embiid during his time because Ben Simmons is also a high-quality player. Yes, Jamal Murray, This everyone was questioning for Jamal Murray, is this going to be the season because he broke out in the bubble? And like I said in my piece, he was kind of a little underwhelming at the beginning, and then he started to turn it on. But I agree. I think Jokic should be the guy. And just before we get to our slates, guys, who do you think should be mentioned in the MVP running? Are there other people who you think? So, like, we have James Harden. I don't think he should even be mentioned in this race. I really don't. I don't. And just just to get it off the bat, a guy who bullied his way out, who did everything possible not to even look like he's in basketball shape, goes to a new team. Yes, he is playing out of his mind. He's also missed games. He's won the MVP in the past. But there's just something about it for a guy who legit bullied his way out of there, demanded, was just like, I get that you want to trade. You didn't want to be in Houston anymore. But to think that you're deserving of the MVP too, when I look at that team and I say, Kevin Durant could lead that team and Kyrie Irving could lead that team. It's kind of hard to say this guy deserves an MVP for a, a stacked Nets team. But besides James Harden, uh, LeBron James, who, who's going to be in the MVP conversation, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, who else are you guys thinking? I mean, Steph for me. Steph. Steph, Steph should be in the conversation. There's what? There's five people on the ballot. It's top five. I think Steph should be on there. Yeah. Okay. I would I like they were talking about. Should, uh, should James Harden be on the, the ballot on, I think, low post for the reasons you said, Alex? And I agree with you. I wouldn't put him on there. I don't think he should be on there after the stuff he pulled in Houston. But I mean, Steph's having the, the best scoring season of his career right now. Yeah. Like he's averaging 31 points a game. It's career high. He second in the league in scoring behind Beal by 0.1. Beal is averaging 31.1. Steph is averaging 31. So he's right there. He'll, he could finish higher with Bo. Maybe you won't. I don't know. But his he's averaging like forty a game in April, something insane like that. He the amount of threes he's making. It's great. That Celtics game. Oh my god! I, I can't believe they lost that game. It was crazy that they lost that. Speaking of Vegas, Chip, have you seen like Steph Curry's like three point props? Yeah. It's been, I, it's, I, been, it's, it's been insane. The other day it was like five threes for, for Curry is minus like 120. Yeah. And for Mitchell it was like plus 700. What's happening? Yeah. 
The it, they don't know how to handicap Steph Curry. He's unhandicappable. Like you, you don't. How do you handicap a guy like that when he can just he breaks Vegas? He's the one guy who can do it. You don't know what to do with him. It doesn't matter what you do. I, I, think, I think I think it's I think it's really interesting, dude. Especially because imagine the Warriors make the playoffs. You don't want to see Steph Curry in a playoff in a play in game. Yeah, like could you oh, imagine? No. Could you no, imagine no, the no, Lakers no. slip and it's Warriors Lakers in the play-in game? That would be interesting. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> Steph Curry putting up a fifty-pointer because you know that yeah. that's 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 in his bag too. In a that's play-in in game, he's scoring fifty. He's absolutely scoring fifty in a play-in game. Yeah, look at the schedule. I mean, the standings and the schedule. It looks like the Warriors are pretty much. I mean, they have the Spurs to knock off, and they got to watch out for the Pelicans. But it looks like they're in in the money for a play-in game. Yeah. Wow. I would Steph Curry in a play-in game might be unfair. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that is unfair. And the thing is, I think they would even have a play-in game if they had James Wiseman and they had Kelly Oubre because Kelly Oubre has been out for a little bit too. They're not playing full strength right now. Chip, you're giving me like the. Uh, I'm just saying it's not to make the mic. On so Ubre, yeah, yeah, they're better without Ubre. You, oh, you guys think that, think so? I think they're okay. I think they're because Ubre offers you a little bit of like that unknown X factor sh- scoring. I think that kind of helps. Uh, I'd say he's fifty five to sixty percent on like when he's on, and it's like forty percent off somewhere around there. He's not the guy. I'm like, all right, guys, we're putting in Ubre's hand tonight. <laughs> Oh, he's such a liability. That sentence even yeah. scares the hell out of me. Yeah, he's yeah. he is like, yeah, I think c- playoff time, he could be a serious liability. But oh, I, I don't know. I don't doubt it, but I also think he's also that guy that's going to drop 30, and you're like, who's guarding this guy? <laughs> yeah, he could have yeah. that wild, like, Josh Smith when he was with the Houston Rockets uh, playoff moment. He could be that guy, too, yeah. That's a good comparison. Yeah. He is kind of Josh Smithy. Yeah. Jay Smoove. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I feel like I feel like the Warriors in a playing game would be that'd be fun. That'd be fun, and and I think they would be out of that. They have, especially Wiseman because like they really need center help. Oh, like outside of Wiseman like hurts so much, dude. Huh? I hate that Wiseman's hurt. Yeah, and like I think he was better. Like I knew they moved him to the bench, but still, they only have uh, Kevon Looney at center and everyone else. And Draymond in the backpack. <laughs> it's a visible backpack that he's wearing, Absolutely. but I, I think I think Steph Curry is interesting. I, I think Luca. That's why Luca's in the conversation too. It's basically the same idea, and the Mavericks are ahead of them. So obviously, Steph Curry also has MVP, so he would never even get it. But I think Luca kind of deserves it more than him because he's running the team. Another guy I think is pretty interesting that really no one's mentioning is Dame. I think Dame is an interesting guy. Yes. Yeah. He's he's hanging out at six. CJ McCollum was out for a while. He has to he has to deal with Cantor every day. I mean, that's an MVP in itself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think that Dame just doesn't get his props and until the playoff time. Playoff Dame does get his props, but regular season Dame never does. I, it might be like a West Coast bias type thing, like no one's really watching Portland Trailblazers game. Like, they're watching Lakers games on the West Coast, but not really Portland games. I think that kind of has something to do with it. And another team that's kind of on that same line projection is the Suns. 
Like, Devin Booker didn't even make the All-Star game. Like, how insane is that? And they're the number two seed. And then we have Chris Paul. Remember that guy? Remember that guy, Alex, when we were sitting here on those nice summer days? Those fall days were just like, oh, Chris Paul. What can we do to get Chris Paul to this team? We need Chris Paul. Anywhere, anything that Chris Paul touches turns to gold. Maybe you don't like him. I've mentioned it to you maybe 35 times already. Devin Booker, when he's on the court with Chris Paul, looks like an, like the, a miserable, like, spouse. Like, just miserable. But he's, like, but he's, they're still succeeding. So he's just, like, going with it. Yeah. But he just, ugh. Like, his, his demeanor, like, I could just tell that he hates playing with him. But, yo, Chris Paul, the Phoenix Suns are the second team. Like, we're excited about the Knicks and them having a six-game winning streak talking about playoffs. The Phoenix Suns are the number two seed. All they did was add Chris Paul. So I feel like he has to at least be in that conversation too. Yeah, absolutely. Paul or Devin Booker or both guys? I think that's a good point. Both. I think you could make an argument for both guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Both. Yeah. I like like Chris Paul because – as John pointed out, the man just everything he touches is gold. Look what he did to OKC. OKC was like last season, this team's not making the playoffs at all. Then he has him on a game seven against the Houston Rockets, where I I would have loved to see OKC just oh, take out the that Rockets. That would have been awesome. That team was great to watch. I had OKC. I literally yeah. I, was, I was taking OKC every yeah. game. OKC was amazing. And now we're seeing what he does with the Suns. And Chris Chris Paul is a very demanding player. And as he should be. That's a winning player. He asks for ex- excellence every single game. And for Devin Booker, he's been on a lot of bad teams where he hasn't had a guy who just comes in saying, hey, you want to win? This is what it takes to win. And Wake up. we're not it's 4 a.m., gonna- buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Wake up. You want to win? Wake up. <laughs> yeah, we're going to work. You want you want a home court advantage? We'll get the West. We're not letting up. We are not letting up. And you can't. You can't let, you can't let up in the West. Look, I mean, they're a game – well, they're two games above the Clippers, but still, like that, that you can easily drop in the West. The Nuggets are, the Nuggets are four games behind them. It's so that the top four between them is just so close, and they're only a game and a half behind Utah. So anything can happen. Um, I like Chris Paul. Dame definitely should be getting his flowers. The thing with Luca and Steph for me is that they're both on teams that are not high. They're not in that. Top four, you know, like yeah, Luca is doing a lot. They're they have a winning record right now, but I think it's just tough. Especially, it would be tough, honestly, if so. If they gave, if they put Luca higher than Chris Paul, where Chris Paul legit just took this team that was not even the playoffs and now brings them to the playoffs. That is just and has him as a two seed. I would be I would be hurt, and especially if you put Steph on top of that. Like I love Steph. I don't don't get me wrong. I love Steph. I love the way the Warriors play when they're fully healthy with Clay, Draymond, Steph. I love what they had with David Lee, Harrison Barnes, prior to KD too. You know, um, it, it, like Andrew Bogut as well on the team. I loved everything about that team. Sean Livingston, like Andre Iguodala. That team was that team was awesome. But there's no way you could, I could give it to Steph over Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul should definitely be up there in the top three. Definitely in the top three of MVP conversation. And I find it very interesting that the guys who we have listed for MVP are all West conference teams and no one from the East. You know, you can't, I would not put Tatum or Brown in there. 
I know we say MVP for Julius Randle, and honestly, that that's a that's a conversation because of he's legit pulling a team out of like the gutter. But I don't think it's high enough to even put him on into that like whole echelon of just like grading for what it's done. The achievement itself de- deserves like a most improved category, but that's a talk for another day at a different time. But out of that, no one in the East, when we talk about teams like Giannis, no one on the net should win it. And this is not even being a hater. No, You've all missed way too much time to even be in the conversation for getting an MVP. And then when it comes to the Sixers, it's Joel Embiid. I just find it like, I just want to point that thing out there. But I like everyone that you guys brought up for, for the MVP of the season. I really hope Chris Paul's in the top three. I really do. Because I think he is deserving of that, of that recognition. The top three, you said? Top three for MVP? Like him? Wow. Chris Paul. I I don't know. I haven't heard that much about him for MVP. Do you really think he'll finish that high? He should. I'm saying he should. I don't know if he will or not. I think he should. Who do you got at number three, Chip? I wouldn't be, I have a problem at all with him finishing that high. Yeah. I think the top two are definitely going to be Joker and Embiid, but. It's probably Giannis I don't, who's three. Yeah, at this point, like I, I feel like so much of it is about media narrative, and there just hasn't been like media buzz for Chris Paul to win MVP, has there? Or to even like, like there's one no way. one has mentioned the Suns. What if you yeah. ask the general NBA public where the Suns even are in the standings? Nobody's telling you the yeah. number two seed, five and a half games ahead of the Lakers. Nobody. Unless you're. Yeah, people are – sorry, Alex, go ahead. No, no, I'm saying – it's like you're NBA junkies like us. No one's thinking about the Suns like, hey, Suns are really good. Yeah. <laughs> I told John at the beginning of the season, I'm like – he asked me, like, where do I see the Suns place? I'm like, I see them in the top five. <laughs> I should say that at the beginning. I'm like, I see this team Facts. in the top five. <laughs> Facts, that happened. They added Chris Paul. It was Like, seriously. <laughs> like, and the reason is because Chris Paul just elevates people that much and – like, look at the Clippers after he left. Like, yeah, they made the A seeds. Like, they Doc had them doing something. But even last season, like Kawhi and uh, PG-13, what are they asking for? We need a point guard. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Yo, Chip, you got Giannis over, over CP? Just because I don't know if I can even be on bias. Chris Paul is one of my favorite players, so I would I would put Chris Paul over Giannis just because of what we've been talking about, just the improvement he made to that team. It's just been so incredible, and it's I think they were talking about this before, like Giannis fatigue. It's it's kind of setting in, like he's doing the same thing for a third year in a row. Yes, it's incredible, but we we are seeing it again. Okay, it's for the third straight time. Like, I don't know if it makes for one of the top three seasons in the NBA again. And because I'm not sure off the top of my head if Chris Paul's ever finished in the top three in MVP voting. I have to look into that. But I think he has. Yeah, I I think he definitely deserves it. I would have no problem with it. But at the same time, like we were saying, I would be surprised if it happens just because they Everybody's talking about there's so much talk on Twitter about how the Jazz have gotten no love and no disrespect. And it's like no one's talking about the Suns. Yeah. Like the thing the thing about Utah is that they they have a very good, well rounded team. And I don't think it's necessarily just like yes, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Mike Connolly, they're all playing really well, but there's just a lot of other players too. And I think the one that hurts the Utah Jazz, and then we can go on to the Tuesday slate, is that they legit said 
they have like one to nine guys that you can rely on. And when you just say, hey, we have one to nine guys that we can rely on, kind of beats the whole MVP kind of narrative, like who's the MVP? You know, if you're saying we got one through nine, they got one through nine. If they don't have Donovan Mitchell, we, they can rely on like Mike Connolly or so. So then who's the MVP? You know, if you take Jokic off the Denver Nuggets, they're not the Denver Nuggets that we're no, that we that we know. That's that's just what I have to say about that. And when it comes to like the 76ers, sure, you don't have Embiid, but you still have Ben Simmons. But without both of them, you don't have the 76ers. If you're saying that you don't have to have Donovan Mitchell, you can still rely on Connolly and Gobert. Or if you don't have Gobert, you can rely on Mitchell and Connolly. If you don't have Connolly, you can rely on Mitchell, Mitchell and Gobert and so forth and go through all these guys. It's kind of hard to say who's the MVP, who's really putting who, – who's deserving of it, you know, and to even see like a dominant performance on a night-in, night-out basis. But let's move on to the Tuesday slate and wrap this podcast up. John, who do we got for Tuesday? What are the Tuesday slates? So Tuesday, the Knicks are going to be playing the Hornets, but on TNT – the Nets are going to be playing the Pelicans. We just saw the Pelicans. The Nets just had that hard game. Buzzer beater versus Ban. What do you guys think? In in the Big Easy. Nets, Pelicans, and Heat against two? Or no, no. I'm just, I'm, I'll, I'll just give you context on the last game. So the Nets just lost to the Heat. That, that Bam oh. out of bio buzzer beater. Oh, okay. And that's what they're coming off of. And then they're traveling to New Orleans. And then we have New Orleans, who just came off, obviously, the Knicks loss, which right. we just talked about extensively. So this is their next game, So and it's a prime time. So what are your thoughts on that one? That New Orleans really looks like a team that could use a win. That That's my that's the first thing that popped in my head. They look like they desperately need a win, and that would be huge for them. So I – but I just – they look so lost against us. I, I think they could. And on prime time – I mean, uh, Durant looks like he's probably not going to be playing, but Kyrie's going to play. Maybe I don't know what Harden's timetable is, but even so, I feel like the the Nets are going to get up for that one. Kyrie's going to be there. I, I don't on prime time TV. Kyrie's going to light them up. They don't play any defense, and I, I would be surprised if New Orleans won that one. I, I think Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn takes that. I got Brooklyn as well. I think the Pelicans. Like the Nets have a bad defense. Here's my thing about the Pelicans. In the last month, if you look at their net ratings, defensively they've jumped from tw- season wise. The Pelicans are like 27, 28 defense on defensive net rating. This past month they're up to 19, so they've actually done a little bit better on the defensive end. Offensively, they're top eight, but they've slipped down to like yeah. past 15 offensively. They're not clicking. Something's off with them, and I just don't see them. Doing it out. I could see the Nets just doing it because they, they're the, they're the Nets. Jeff Green could probably just come out and be like, ah, I got this, <laughs> you know? So I got the Nets win that one. What Zion's going to be so depressed watching the spacing in that Nets lineup when he goes <laughs> out there. <laughs> yeah, Zion and the, I don't even want, I don't even want to speak that. I don't even want to put those words in, in a sentence. In my <laughs> that type of spacing, though, that would be insane. This is Kyrie. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be like the, the, the Nets that you saw. So they actually, April 7th, they beat the Pelicans in Brooklyn, 139-111. That was uh, right after the Knicks-Nets game. But KD played that game. And as you said, Chip, honestly, that's the first thing that came to my mind, too. No, I, I'll tell you, to be honest, the first thing that came to my mind when I saw this matchup was, are the Nets on like a crazy losing streak? 
Because like, I forget the Miami game. I just feel like they've been losing, but they haven't been. They've kind of been like one-on, one-off. So they're not really desperate for a win. I think they're fine. I know. I don't think they care about the one seed at all. <laughs> I know. I know people, we care about it in the media, but, uh, you know, and fans. But I don't think that the Nets actually care about home court. I don't think that they're worried about going anywhere in game seven in the playoffs. It's just, I don't think that's literally in their head at all. I do think the Pel- the second thing that came to my mind is, like you said, Chip, the Pelicans need a win. And that's what I thought they were going to beat us today. Our last game, Sunday, you know, now, you know, now that you're listening on Tuesday, because we beat them last time. And as Alex and I always talk about, NBA teams love to split, especially if you're seeing them twice in a week. And so I'm going to kind of take the split here too, especially with no KD. Pelicans are reeling. Give me a Pelicans win. Zion on prime time. I, I could, I could easily see it and it's not going to bother the Nets at all. Like them losing to the Pelicans on Tuesday night. I don't think it's going to matter at all. Yes, they're kind of pissed off. Steve Nash, coach Nash had some weird words, um, in the press conference talking about how they didn't get in their sets, uh, at the end of the game. Then we had Kyrie talking about how he could have hit all three shots at the end of the game. And then we have KD out. With the thigh contusion, we have Harden, like you said, Alex, dressed in his weird yellow suit today. We have no idea what his timetable is. Like, we don't know what's going on over there. I see Kyrie going off, but I, I, I honestly weirdly could see the Pelicans winning at home. That's not a type of team that travels. A team that's reeling like that has a weird time traveling, you know? For sure. No, I, 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 I can see it going out of the way. I think... I can see going either way. I'm going to be more Nets just because I think they're the more they're the veteran team. They're a better team. You're right. They're a better they're a better team, but a veteran team is really what mm-hmm. it is. And I think the Pelicans just don't have that veteran presence to really understand how to get things going when something's on the line and the playoffs are on the line for them. What's the What's the other game though, John? What's the other What's the other one for uh, Clippers East? at Blazers? Clippers at Blazers. Mm-hmm. That's a good one, man. Dame West Coast. I just love it. I just love watching Dame at night. It makes me so happy. Like just have him on in the background, just like chilling, hitting threes from half court. That's a this really big the, game for the playoffs. For me, I'm gonna get this really quick and out of the way. I'm never good at choosing the Blazers to win. That is the one team I cannot get figure out when I put my bets in. So I'm gonna go Clippers because I'm I know I'm feeling I'm feeling Blazers right now. Because Dame time. Nope. Going Clippers. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. All right. All right cool. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm on the Blazers. All right. So we'll go. We'll go against you on that one, Allison. Especially because you picked the Clippers. I think we're good on the Blazers on this one. <laughs> to the bank. There you go. There you go. I can't figure it out. So there you go. I gave you guys an easy one. Go against yeah. me when it comes to the Blazers. Just do it. <laughs> Don't think but twice. Come to you, but go to Alex when it comes to the Knicks on tally site. Because if you go there and you check his record, and Chip knows more than anyone, he'll tell you. He's rocking around fifty five percent, Chip. Yes, I, I check your stuff out. You're very, you're good. You're much better than Macri. Macri is like, <laughs> yeah, Shots his fired. stuff is yeah. Do, 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 do. No, no, no. It, Macri's stuff is like okay, but your stuff is very good. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Learned a lot from John. John taught me a lot about gambling. <laughs> it's good. When, it's good when you have a, ga- a gambling person in in the in the house. <laughs> I'm addicted to sports, man. I'm literally addicted to sports. There's nothing I can do. But on that note, guys, 
Chip, it was great talking to you and Jeff today. Jeff's not here, but please let the listeners know where they can find you, and I'll do the plug for for Jeff. Yes. Thank you again, guys, for having me on. This was awesome. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, it's at ChipMurphy7 uh, for Carmelo Anthony, of course. And uh, it's me and Jeff host the Hoops Addicts Anonymous podcast. And uh, I also host the Nick's State of Mind podcast with uh, Danny Small and Matt Castillo. And uh, just fi- basically just look me up on Twitter and all my stuff is on there. Awesome. Awesome. Chip's a great follow. So if you're not following Chip, reading his stuff or listening to his takes on basketball, you're missing out gratefully. And Chip's also, I, you're not, you're not promoting it, but I do like your TV writing that you're starting to do, man. It's very interesting. So thanks. Definitely man. check it. Definitely go out to find Chip's stuff on Medium. That's really good stuff. Highly recommend. He does, he writes about series that are not mainstream. And random he, TV shows. Yeah. yeah. Random TV shows. They're not, they're, I mean, they're not mainstream. You know what I mean? Like the stuff that you brought up, I'm like, what the hell is this? So I have to go like look this up. up. I'm like, should I put this down to something to watch? Chip's writing about it. So I guess I got to go watch it to understand what the whole concept is. So watch trial and error. It's very funny. I read that one today. That was a really good yeah. one. I like that. I like it's that one. got a retweet from Christian Chenoweth. I saw that too. I was going to bring show. I, I, yeah, I saw I was that. Very excited about that. <laughs> you got the, you got the verifieds out here retweeting yeah. your pieces about TV shows. Mm-hmm. There you go. So definitely go check that out. And for Jeff, Jeff's not here. So I got to do it for Jeff, but. You can find Jeff's stuff over at Daily Knicks, which is part of the Fan Sided Network. He also does some stuff for the Playgrounder. He wrote something really funny about Tom Thibodeau. Uh, so definitely go check that out for the Playgrounder. And he's, like Chip said, he's also the co-host of uh, Hoops Addicts Anonymous podcast. So make sure to check out Ch- uh, Jeff's work. And you can find him on Twitter at Jeff, G-E-O-F-F underscore, underscore boy underscore RD, like Chef Boy RD. It's Chef Boy RD. That's, <laughs> there you go, guys. It's not that hard to figure out. And and go read his article on Randall vs. Mello and how he yeah. was right a couple months ago. He was. He it's <laughs> hey, the man got roasted. Like absolutely. Oh That's why God. he deserves all the praise. That's why I can never stop bringing it up and praising him because he, he was just the, thrown into the roasted. Wall. You know, that, because you know if you read it too, like it makes a lot of sense. And it's legitimately, legitimately thought out thoroughly, like how it's what we wanted Mellow to be. But when you look at the title, you're just like, you know, you can just tell who read it and just retweeted it. It's hilarious. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. The, the, the video of Method Man getting shot in the head on the wire was, was tweeted at the article <laughs> like five different times. Like, this is what I want to do to the guy who wrote this. Like. <laughs> Oh my God. That's great. It's tough tough out here. It's great. But thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Chip, for coming on to this podcast. We love having you guys on. Friends from across the street, under the bridge, Lincoln Tunnel, over the Queens Bridge, whatever you want to do to get there to go see these guys. These guys are awesome. Thank you guys for tuning in. And for all you listeners out there for us, make sure to choose. I'll give John. I'm going to give John a plug too. Make sure to check out John's stuff for Jet at Jet Press, another part of the Fan Sided Network. And you can find myself over at Ho- uh, Hoops Habit, a part of the Fan Sided Network as well. You can find it over at KnicksFanTV.com, sports betting at Tally site, and but most of all, 
Most of all, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Make sure to give it a five-star review, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. We're on all streaming platforms. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Amazon Alexa, you name it. We are there. And also, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. On Twitter, that's where you can find us most of the time doing our stuff. You can find John. You can find me. You can DM us why you hate our takes or whatever. And just roast us, do whatever. Been getting roasted for the last couple of days just for my appearances. So fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. A lot of fun. All right, everyone. Catch you later this week for another Jets episode. Let's go, Knicks.